Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello again, Ben, and indeed, hello everybody. All all right? Only Ben can Hello, Hello to everybody. I'll answer on behalf of everybody. They're all all right. Uh, Today, we're joined by a very special pair of guests. It's two of the creative team behind behind Retroware's new beat-em-up game, Toxic Crusaders. Welcome to the show, writer John Locke and lead developer slash designer Sam Beddows. Hello. Hello. That was a bit too spooky. That, that <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll Whoa. read it in a bit. It's okay. Oh, We're for Jesus. a horror audience. You can be you can be that spooky, but no more. <laughs> Not spookier than me, though. All right. Don't show me up. Please. Are you, go- think- are you guys? <laughs> good yeah i'll just say i'm just gonna say i feel guilty right off the bat but my name came ahead of sam's i feel like uh you know like in terms of sheer workload sam's done like 99.999 percent of it compared to my involvement on the game that's, that's a mean, lot of nice when i it's loads of nines when i usually introduce people i don't usually just rank them by how much work i think they've done today <laughs> or 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 in any sort of sense so i mean that was literally just the luck of the draw i would say Oh, well, well, good. I feel slightly better then. Writer is very important. I just code some stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, that, well, you're really just saying what my heart's been feeling for a long time, Sam, but you're <laughs> <laughs> riding on my coattails. <laughs> the writers you versus guys... artist debate is alive and well. <laughs> you guys, if you want to be humble, be humble. If you want to just tear each other's throats out, then just go for it. You know, we'll provide a platform for you guys to just get it all out there. I know it's horror podcast, but I, I assume you're not talking literally there. Not literally, no, no. Don't do that. I don't I endorse think the violence. Danger is, I go I mean, roadhouse. Given the inherently, you know, audio-based form of, of of the medium, you know, being a podcast, it becomes a bit like um like a BBC kind of like folio drama sort of thing, where like, oh, oh no, what's he doing? Oh, he's tearing his guts out. I and mean, it's just like Andy with like a bucket of like sausages in water or something going, uh, yeah, stamping smash, into smash. like a, a washing up bowl of like mince meat, <laughs> which I keep with me at all times. Yeah, Sam Raimi presents the archers. <laughs> yeah, those. To be fair, I would start listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be into it. 
I speaking of horror segueing, I listened to the Archers uh, about a decade, uh, twenty years ago, when they were bedeviled by a cow slasher. <laughs> oh god! And they were putting this kind of hard hitting drama into it. Why am I not listening to no. the Archers? Now? Well, again, that was in the heady days of two thousand and four. So cow you know, slasher, you could, you could broadcast anything before ten. Did he have a nickname? Did he have a nickname like the the bovine the, uh, beast? I don't know. Bovine, bovine <laughs> bastard. The bovine um, bastard. Yeah, the bo the bovine abra uh, abra 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 <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I like did that. you hear the? Did you listen to the storyline to the end, John? Are we not to know that? Is it someone slashing up cows, or is it a cow slasher in the sense that it's you know like a nice um, black Angus in like a hockey mask <laughs> going around <laughs> taking out the local farmers? No, it 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 was a it was a person. Um, it wanted the Cravendale back. <laughs> Cravendale <laughs> would be an amazing name for a cow themed horror movie. Like oh, I, I'd yeah. be well up for that. It's directed by Wes Cravendale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah sorry. To, to end the mystery. Uh, yeah. The 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 finale of the cow slasher saga, which went on for like an entire summer. This being an audio drama, was somebody going. I see him. I'm going after him. I and mean, you just see it going like club, 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 like, like, stab, stab, stab. Stop. You better drop it. <laughs> oh, no, he's escaping through that creaky gate. <laughs> you know what? We say this, but how good was uh, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds at that? The second half, it goes all into like a live drama thing. And everybody um, thought it was real. Maybe, they, maybe yeah. people listening to the archers back then thought the, the cow slasher was real. <laughs> Yeah, I'm look, keeping a lookout for them. I mean, we should say this up top: spoilers for a twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old um, um, storyline on the Archers. If you are still catching up, you may need to go back, hear this spoiler warning in the past, and then oh, skip ahead. Sorry, <laughs> they thought the Archers was real. There's a pileup on the motorway because they thought the sheep had really escaped from the pen. <laughs> a pileup. Oh God, um, that sounds terrible. So. I guess off the bat, we should talk about Toxic Crusaders, which is incredibly exciting. The the uh, the trailer for this was only out sort of about a month ago, wasn't it? And uh, as soon as I saw it all over Twitter, everyone going crazy. Then, of course, there was some sort of... Was it just like a presentation of the game at PAX East as well? Um, where Toxic Avenger fans were going, and Troma fans were seemingly going insane for how much they were excited for the game as well. Um, so it's absolutely amazing to have you guys on the show to discuss this and obviously discuss Toxic Avenger. So I guess jumping into talking about the game, how did you guys both get involved in this project? Because it is incredibly exciting, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, so I I worked with, um, you know, I'd made the AVGN games and stuff like that. And the guys at Retroware, uh, they're also um, Screenwave, it's the same company. Mm -hmm. And they do Cinemassacre, Angry Video Game Nerd and all that stuff now. And I'd made... Uh, well, I'd made the Angry Video Game Nerd, and then, if you guys can remember, Screw Attack effectively shut down. So the console ports of AV Gen 2 were effectively cancelled and all that, and uh, they got merged with Rooster Teeth, who just didn't seem to have much interest in in the games, uh, sadly. But um, eventually one day, uh, Ryan from uh, Screenwave, uh, he got in touch with me, and he was like, I want to get this, you know, I want to buy this game off of, uh, off of Rooster Teeth and bring out, like, a collection and everything. And so Ryan basically, you know, saved my career <laughs> and, uh, and I worked with him a bunch and uh, he, 
Uh, yeah, it was Ryan's idea that he sort of worked with, they'd worked with uh, Lloyd Kaufman before and uh, on Bits and Bobs just because they're quite local to each other. So yeah. often, you know, Lloyd Kaufman had actually been on the Angry Video Game Nerd, uh, the actual show, and they'd done the Toxic Crusaders and everything. And so I think, uh, I don't know the full uh, full extent of it, but, you know, at some point Ryan had the idea and he thought that uh, I should be the guy to do it. And as somebody who liked the show as a kid and, uh, and, and, you know, had the toys and everything like that, I was super excited to do it. And I just said, well, let's, you know, let's do a beat em up like streets of rage style. And we went yeah. from there. Uh, so it like- was just, it was just like a history of working with those guys. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to get that, to, to get that job. That's so cool. I, I, and, I remember uh, course- that came from an episode as well for angry video, <laughs> angry video and a game nerd. And of course, when they said, you know, we uh, they they liked the AVGN games, they said that because uh, I wrote the dialogue in those, and they said it was funny. But they said, you know, can you make this funny as well? And I just thought, well, yes, but I I'm not up to this job, but I know who is, and I'll hand oh, over yes. to him now. And when, and when he wasn't available, I stepped in. <laughs> to help out. Uh, maybe it will be eventually. <laughs> well, well uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like from from my perspective. Um, like Sam, you know, Sam and I have known each other years, and we went to school together. So um, it's pure nepotism about how, how I got in. And uh, nice. it was we we'd worked on we'd worked on a, a game together. Like Sam, Sam had, had made um, a, a game called Spectacular Sparky, uh, uh, which is on you know Switch, Steam, all these cool platforms. And that was a, that was like a really cool kind of um, project. Is um, Sam very kindly? you know, invited me to come and write on it. And uh, we had like a bunch of like uh, local local folk who we knew who were friends who were kind of involved, like voice actors and stuff. And, you know, we'd have these days where we'd go to like uh, a recording studio just around the corner. I remember it being like practically a heat wave and we were all packed into this guy's like home built. Tiny little shed in the garden. Yeah, oh, wow. amazing little, like it was, it was so kind of like, you know, it's so far from like Silicon Valley and like the height of like uh, tech development. Like we're in like a West Country garden doing <laughs> like daft little voiceovers. Being in Cheltenham, uh, though, that shed was probably two thousand pounds a week. <laughs> yeah, probably actually. Yeah, yeah, real estate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I get this kind of cryptic uh, kind of call from Sam about uh, it was pushing a year ago now, actually saying. Um, I've got this cool project. Maybe you'd like to be involved in it. I can't tell you anything about it because uh, we've got to get you to like, you know, sign some stuff in secret. Then we'll start kind of chatting. And Not uh, the flaming pen and then got some of his blood on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam's got a special a room uh, just off camera in his house where the, the ritual is 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 regularly done. Where NDAs can you. be uh, properly sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Sam was like, you know, do you, do you remember... Toxic Crusaders. And I was like, the Toxic Crusaders. Yes, I do remember that. I remember watching that uh in 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 the house I grew up in, in like the, the ancient days of the early 90s. I vividly remember it. And um Sam was like, uh yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna be making a video game. Uh would you be available to work on it? And also, not only are we adapting uh, like the, the the cartoon itself and doing a sequel to the to the cartoon in the form of a game. Uh, also, here's a really cool uh, dossier uh, with all the characters and trauma uh, uh, brands we also have access to. 
can can we weave all these other trauma films into the mythos and style of the cartoon? I, 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 so I mean, you can imagine like what what a crazy design prospect that is. It's like um, try try to explain this to a normal person. It's like the weirdest project <laughs> in the world. It's like uh, okay, so it's a video game, right? Okay, I'm with you so far. Based on a cartoon. Okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. A kid-friendly cartoon based on an R-rated 80s horror comedy movie. I feel like that's a really unique part part of like history. I feel like the 80s mm. going into the 90s was a unique point in time in which we had probably the best concentration ever of marketing of products, be they cartoon tie-ins, toys, ongoing TV shows that were based on hard R-rated properties because... My childhood growing up, I remember like my friends had like alien toys. They would like constantly being advertised mm. things. That, and then when you finally get around to watching it, it's like, why isn't there a bull one and a snake one and a scorpion one? And like, why isn't aliens as cool as the toys now? Um, <laughs> but like that Robocop, Toxic Toxic mm. Avengers slash yeah, Crusaders. It was, it was the it was forbidden fruit era. though, wasn't it? Like all the horror movies, because everybody was talking about them. You know, you go on a playground. Oh, I heard there's a one where this guy and he's got knives for fingers and he goes into people's dreams and and he does yeah. this. You you were talking about it. You, you didn't see him, but you, you, it's always like this forbidden fruit. So the companies were like, well, the kids are really curious about uh, Freddy Krueger. Let's make a Nintendo game of it for them, you know? And, uh, and then there's the ideas about what did they do? Eventually, I remember they even did like the mummy you know, and stuff like that as, as cartoons, you know, and it's, I suppose it, it makes sense. The kids are, are thirsty for that. Things that I can't, maybe you're building up, you might, when they're old enough, they'll be able to watch it. But you're right, Sam, I had the same growing up that always, there's one kid who has, let's face it now, in hindsight, irresponsible parents that had seen <laughs> them all. Like, oh, your parents weren't looking after you very well. Uh, and uh, they they would say like, hey, just as a warning from me to you, don't go saying Candyman. Well, if you're gonna do, do it, please do it four times. Then stop there if you could, because you say it a fifth time, he's gonna get amongst it and have you. All right, better not. And the same, yeah, my uncle had like a Freddy Krueger poster on his wall, and I was terrified of it. Like it oh, was for me. Uh, it was um, it was the VHS cover of Zombie Flesh Eaters. Uh, or, you know, if you're American, uh, Zombie or Zombie Two. If you're Italian or whatever, all the other names for that movie. But it's a zombie hand bursting out of a grave like that. And a neighbor, my neighbor was the kid with the irresponsible parents, you know, and that was his video. And it just fascinated me. So check this out. Brings it brings it in his bag to school. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah, I think out. they had the the you know the nightmare now. They used to record films off the TV onto just any film that was on that sounded interesting. They taped all of them. And she would have all these VHS tapes and she would label them A1, A2, A3, B1. And they were the all in the catalog system. And then, she, yeah, she had a catalog where you would look for what it was and then oh, find the tape okay. with that. And so I would borrow them off of him at the weekends and stuff. And that was the sort of early, you know, watching horror movies a little early. But yeah, yeah it's the, uh, I, I don't know if it was for every, with everybody, but in the late to mid to late 90s, there was such a kind of feeling of, um, you know, st stuff that you could get away with, right? Almost like, even if it was stuff that was for kids, it almost felt like you were naughty for enjoying it. And that yeah. was, and I think that the companies cottoned onto that. And that's why they were, you know, toys of the Terminator. And yeah. even though the I film's mean, like an 18 or 15 or whatever. Toys, 
comics uh games just like all of those things that were aimed essentially at kids and then you become curious as to like well what is this based on it's based on it's, a movie that i think we can't get away ben without talking about how much you've talked about the artwork like evoking so much strong feeling growing up i think we're all of an age where we were at video shops growing up as well like from like my nightmare one was definitely hellraiser all pinhead's face oh, staring yes. at you from the video shop yeah, shelves and then here. Return of the Living Dead 3, now I think back of it, probably influenced my choice of girlfriends as a teenager. Definitely. <laughs> you like them undead. Def- definitely got, th- yeah. Um, Piercings and, 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 uh, and death. <laughs> Piercings and death. Oh, no. It's carried on. It's carried on into adulthood as well, it seems. Uh, That's a hell of a movie as well. What did they like? I didn't think like the third sequel to Return of the Living Dead would be good, but Brian Yuzna, to everything that man touches turns to gold. So we've only covered Amazing. the first one on podcast so far. We got some time. Mm. Awesome. Uh, um. So, so yeah. In, ter- in terms of the game, it's it's release. It's, I think we just got like a late twenty twenty three release date, which is very exciting. I think it's going to be on. So is it Steam, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, all of the all of the standard sort of major um consoles and that, which is. Very, uh, yeah, very the cool. RetroWare account has uh, it's just said it's on everything. So I can I can just ape that. It's on everything. It's on everything. Right. That's good. That's good news. Um, yeah, I mean, so just very briefly, I'll quickly just read out a little bit about the game. So it's a radical radioactive romp for a new era featuring awesome action, crushing combos, and more toxic waste than you'll know what to do with. Interesting. Uh, developer and publisher RetroWare teamed up with Troma Entertainment to bring the Toxic Crusaders back and all, for an all-new, all-action beat-em-up for what for one to four players. Uh, grab your mop, tutu, and attitude, and get ready to clean up the mean streets of Tromaville, one radioactive goon at a time. It sounds it sounds great, and like this oh, sort that, of that's this, some that's some amazing up. amazing marketing copy. I wonder. Whoever's written this is a, a master of alliteration, <laughs> I dare say. Wherever they are, I hope they're very proud. <laughs> oh no, I think I may have missed out one or two words. Sorry if I if I ruined the overall effect. Um read as read. <laughs> as written, please, Ben. Read as read. Don't miss it. Yeah, I mean it does it does sound great. I want to sort of trailer, I was super excited. I've been enjoying sort of like that style of sort of beat 'em up game, modern beat 'em up games recently as well. Um, with like the tur- with Shredder's Revenge and and Street like, Rage Four and yeah, Street I think Rage it's 4. it's come it's come at a good time when I think people have remembered. Oh yeah, these games that stop ex- stopped existing for a little while, they're real good, aren't they? Yeah, mm. I really I I really want a game to play and enjoy that I can just do those exact things with that doesn't demand a grand portion of my life and time commitments based on now if you really want to unlock this you are going to have to play between three and four on a saturday yeah sorry yeah no get to fuck guys i want a game that i can jump in and actually just enjoy and oh yeah listeners john and sam far too polite i'm sure to plug super hard you should get it i can tell you before it's come out right now based on the caliber of things that i've played from these these folks spectacular sparky that they mentioned one of few games I've actually completed on my Switch. I love my Switch. It's a great deal of fun, but I tend to play it around bedtime, a bit like reading a book or something like that. You know what the problem with that is? I tend to get asleep, don't you? There's, there's generations of Pokemon left uncaught because, <laughs> because I can't stay awake when it's time to play the Switch. But Spectacular Sparky blitzed through it very, very quickly. 
one of the very few games actually went back and did that. You know, you had the additional modes when you can play through after you've completed it. Um, yeah, it was great. Oh, you fun. did frenzy mode. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a lot of fun. And oh wow, when it comes to the writing side, um, John, I've known you from your comics work for many years now. Like, I, I mean, a decade has just passed since your first Afterlife book uh, came out. Can't think of uh, a team that I would rather see something like this revived from. And, you know, all of your work and knowing your interests in terms of what can be done with a creator that has a passion for a back catalogue of characters. I've heard you speak um, in great detail about your love for the work of Grant Morrison and Justice League and that writer's skill, them, them going back and being able to look at perhaps underutilised or often overlooked or forgotten characters and bring them to the forefront and use them in a creative and interesting way for from a story. John, you talk about soon, JLA so much, you should do a podcast about it. Oh, well, I should. I, <laughs> I, I mean, and, Andy, thank you. That's that's astonishingly kind. I, um, you, you know, and, and Ben, you know, you you were, uh, you know, inaccurate enough to say that I was, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was too polite to plug this thing because uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I can say this because I, I feel slightly removed from it in that, like, the writing element is obviously in a very different camp to all the artists and um and developers and that you know sam sam's heading up and the work that's being done there so i will say and i think i'm i'm qualified to say this because i i feel like a slight a slight kind of fly on the wall uh just the work that everyone's doing on the game is is exceptional like absolutely mind-blowing like to to somebody who doesn't know the first thing about ordering pixels or ones and zeros and occasionally a two i don't know how sam's work works um but like every day to see the development work come in and just you know to have like an artist who's focusing say just on one character for like a month and just getting like those animations just absolutely like like just so tight so precise like the artwork's amazing like ac across the board and i i'm just enjoying it being like being so close to that and seeing it kind of seeing it kind of come together. Like I, I have no idea how Sam and, you know, the people in, in the team do what they do. It's, it's phenomenal. So yeah, like if I hadn't worked on it, this is where I'm, I swear, I swear I'm being honest when I say this, if I hadn't worked on it, I would be getting it because it, it it's looking amazing. Like I'm really excited for it. Thanks mate. Well, you, your writing is uh, sets it apart though, you know, like I, like John, you know, he was joking about nepotism, but like there's nobody, <laughs> else, there's, there's nobody else that I would have, you know, gone to. Like, instantly, John came to mind when they said it. I know other people that 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 like writing and people that want to get into it and stuff, but uh, no, John, it instantly came to mind, especially with the tone of the show, because it's, uh, you know, when I went back and I, I mean, I enjoyed the show as a kid, but when I went back and watched it again uh, to prepare for this game, uh, it, I was this, this is this is cleverer and funnier than I remembered it being. It's so self-aware, and uh, and it did remind me a lot of John's writing style, especially when I you know I, I bring him in to do some comedy and stuff. It's it just it seemed right, and I we all, we wanted to work together again as well. So it just it just fit. But yeah, and you know John sends me some some scripts over, and obviously I send it to the guys at Retroware and everything. And I just I just look at it, it's like yeah no this is this is exactly right. Like you can. John, you can watch a show like that and just the characters, you just kind of, you, I know how to put it. It's like you can continue writing those characters and they they are exactly the same people. Like 
and I wouldn't like I wouldn't know how to do that right I wrote the AVGN games I was able to make the nerd the nerd but I every single character in the Crusaders has their unique personalities and you just kind of nailed them and it just it feels like natural continuation of the show and it's great oh well thank you I this is lovely. Is it normally so, guys, like, nice is on lovely. the show? Yeah. Yeah. No, normally come round and it's like, and another thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got to say, like, after I watched the Toxic Avenger movie for what for preparing for today, knowing that we were having you on and that it was following on from the cartoon show, I watched the first two episodes the other night. Um, again, it, it was. Maybe I missed it as a kid or maybe it had, like, uh, you know, just faded from my memory. But exactly the same as, as Sam says, like, I was delighted with how tightly it's written and how funny it is as a as a show. I think I just, you know, been washed away in memories of the turtles and we'll probably touch on that a little bit later, I think. But like, I hadn't remembered something, but it's incredibly funnily written and there's some great character in there as well. Um, I love the banter between the villains uh, as a part of it. It's, it's just, I'm really looking more so than beforehand looking forward to seeing these characters in a new setting and you know with the with that continuity i may actually content creation aside i might go watch the rest of the series the uh, the writer uh, the lead writer i think don't quote me on this but i know that uh, somebody one of the high ups involved in the creation of the writing of the show went on to write sitcoms and things like the big bang theory and stuff yeah like chuckle that, all so. was on the title of the oh, first okay. episode there we go. I watched, yeah. so yeah and well, you can sort of see that, right? You think of, um, I know that's not uh, the most popular show among nerds because it rips the piss out of us, but um, like if you th- Howard's mum's character and Toxie's mum and uh, Bernadette is quite similar to Yvonne. There's this weird kind of parallel okay. when you look at it, which is really cool. God, I'd never made that connection. I'm just getting my mind blown at this point. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, um, I'm kind of like uh, I'm going to try and shy away from spoilers, but like uh, it, it was interesting getting like all these other trauma kind of properties and like um, here's the thing like uh, Sam Sam Sam's for like the aficionado here like Sam I remembered the cartoon, but I I have to say and I, I hope people don't hate me for this I'd never I'd never seen the originals until like starting to work on this project like I remember the cartoon uh, uh, quite vividly but. It was interesting, like, coming into kind of the trauma movies, like, late, you know, very late, you know, and, and gaining this kind of new appreciation for them. And then the the added challenge of going, like, okay, can we take all that anarchic uh, kind of humour and, and, like, gongzo filmmaking style and... But also, like, pass it through this very fine sieve where, like... Um, we like 90% of the content we just can't use because it would just, like this is ostensibly like a kid friendly game. So it was walking this fine line of going, like, how can we pay homage to everything? How can we get all these references in? How can we keep it funny? Uh, but also knowing that like uh uh it's it's got to be passed through this this weird filter of being like kind of kidified but not kidified at the same time. Yeah. It was a it was a really weird. Uh, it was a really weird line to walk, but I think I'm hoping that anyone who's a trauma fan will kind of just see like these things and go like, oh, wait, hang on a minute. Oh, hang on. Like, um, yeah, like it's it's amazing how much uh, even, dare I say, some of the Toxie sequels get a look in as well, which is oh, wow. quite, uh, yeah, great. which is going to be something. 
It's been weirdly common in my career as a game dev of the, the whole thing of adapt something in the style of something else, right? Because I did the Manos, the Hands of Fate game. And when I made that, I watched a whole bunch of AVGN and I was an angry video game nerd. And I was just like, I, I, I'm going to adapt Manos, the Hands of Fate in the style of the 80s NES game adaptations, right? In stuff LJN and stuff like that. And with Toxie, oh, I was wow. like, I was like, what would we do for a season two? And I just thought, well, I, I like Troma and I like um, Toxic Avenger movies as well. And being that they adapted, I mean, it's not just, oh, it's the Toxic Avenger, do a cartoon version, make a toy, right? And, and give him some friends. But no, like the first episode of Toxic Crusaders it is the original Toxic it's Avenger the film, movie. Right? It's, yeah, it's the beat for beat adaptation of that movie into a cartoon. And I was like, well... Wow. Uh, so so I was like, well, ha- I need to bring in some stuff from the sequels and adapt them in the style of it, as if this was 1992 and they were doing the kids' versions of all these. And there's a wealth of characters and ideas. And I just thought, while well, we're at it, but, you know, while we're at it and we have a deal and the guys at Retroway have a deal with Troma, like Tromaville is like a cinematic universe, right? It's, it's, it's loose. It doesn't have Kevin Feige in charge or whatever, but like... They, the movies that exist in each other's world, you know, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD shows up in Toxic Avenger 4 and stuff. So I was like, well, let's, 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 let's go. Let's, let's get Nuke Mai in there. You know, let's get Poultry Geist in there and, and make a Saturday morning cartoon version of fucking Poultry Geist, you know? <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's been fun. And I just, I, I, I hope that trauma fans know. I'd long considered we've been, we've been flirting with the idea of doing a trauma film for quite a while because our other co-host Luke and some of our other regular guests, big, big trauma fans. We were lucky enough, a few of us, to see uh, Return to Newcomb High Part 2 at a film festival. Yeah, you got to say the name correctly. Oh, go on, please correct me. It's Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2. <laughs> see? You see why I could get that wrong without notes in front of me? So we watched it with Uncle Lloydie himself in the room and ah, uh, yeah. the touring actor that was dressed as Toxie at the time. Uh, and he spoke to us before and afterwards. We met and chatted with him at the bar after it was finished as well. Um, two of our friends that were with us had never seen a trauma movie before. Um, so Ben, for your reference, for everyone who knows our wider friends, it was um, Dan and Carl were with us. And just watching their faces throughout this movie, having never seen a trauma film before. And for anyone who's listening who hasn't watched any trauma movies, I would say Toxic Avenger begins a tradition that has only become more and more extreme in keeping with the the world and what it takes to shock a world um, <laughs> over over the you know the forty years that have followed. Um, yeah, trauma films are fiercely independent. Very, um, it's a it's a unique form of cinema. If, if you're watching these things and, you know, you look at the old adage of talking about South Park saying, oh, you know, they they push the boundaries and they try to offend everyone. If you think that they've been pushing the boundaries with South Park all those years, you've probably never seen a trauma movie. <laughs> um, because they do. They are deliberately provocative, deliberately schlocky in a load of, like, in a load of ways. Um, and by the time you've got to the Newcomb High sequels, there is nothing they don't go after. And it's been, they're a delight to watch. I sat and watched the Toxic Avenger with my wife the other night and I thought, 
oh, is this going to damage our relationship? She had fun. It was fine. <laughs> the we, divorce we, proceedings. Yeah, we've, yeah. Defi- we, we've definitely we've definitely found the right people in our lives. She thought it was fun. Um, Fantastic. But um, yeah, Trome movies are something special. And I genuinely thought for a while that I'd sneak poultry geist onto the menu for our first one. But this game coming around um, gave us the perfect reason yeah. to get some guests on and do the Toxic Avenger. Perfect opportunity, and I think we should definitely focus on some other trauma movies in the future, in the near yeah. future as We've well. We've broken the sea on our Ben. <laughs> yeah, we'll crazy get, we'll get through that back catalogue. Crazy how it's almost been 300 episodes that we've still not covered a trauma movie, but still, we're we're doing it now, so that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, super exciting. We will put the links to the uh, trailer for Toxic Crusaders in the show notes as well, so everybody can check it out. We've already shared it on our socials today as well. Um, but yeah, if you're, it sounds like if you're a fan of trauma, if you're a fan of Toxie, or if you're a fan of like side scrolling beat 'em up games, I think definitely, definitely. Get Check and whack a pre-order on your on your platform of choice. Get on to Mr. Nintendo and say, right, come on, pre-order all, please. Get on. Pre-order all. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, right. So, okay. Um, obviously, today we're going to be talking about the, the movie The Toxic Avenger, if you didn't already know that, after clicking on the episode, which you probably should. Um, but first, before that, we are going to just do a little bit of horror news, just to, just to cross the T's and dot the I's that we usually do cover on the show. Um, so horror news for this week there's a new a24 horror movie called talk to me and a trailer is debuting tomorrow so if you listen to this show the trailer will be available to watch now um so it's an australian horror movie which is going to be released on july the 28th uh, 2023 talk to me delivers an intense nightmarish horror movie that'll leave you breathless oh, oh, oh wow that's uh, <laughs> a refreshing ruthlessness to this cautionary tale that plays like a surge of adrenaline okay so we've not really got a synopsis oh no here we go i should have got john follows... to write that yeah yeah come on no john. alliteration poor <laughs> zero alliteration must do better i was looking for a synopsis i've got one the film follows a group of teenage friends that take up communion with the spirits at at a party activity Mia looks to connect with the supernatural following the death of her mother, but a seance gone wrong carries terrifying consequences for the group. Seance gone wrong is incredibly in right now, isn't it? I'm still Everyone's distracted, Ben. I could have said spooky seance. Spooky seance. <laughs> I, I wanted to see a film about a seance gone right, okay? Forget this seance got a negative. I want some positive vibes in my life. <laughs> you want seance some competency gone right. porn. Like... Oh, I just, I just love it when people are good at their jobs. This Come is all on. just part of the uh, leading, uh, you know, media agenda. We always hear about seances going wrong, but, you know, what about the 1% of the time where they go right, honestly? Oh, uh, yeah, Ouija, come on. Ouija, origin of evil, right? Because they don't believe in what they're doing, but it accidentally goes right. Wait, in a way, if seances do make contact with evil spirits, they have gone right, haven't they? Yeah, what's the purpose of it? <laughs> yeah, what's the seance gone right? Like you just, just a nice a nice ghost just says, "Here are the answers to everything you need to know." Goodbye. Yeah. Is the problem <laughs> he is with, buried here? Is the problem yeah. with communing with the spirits? It's not necessarily the technology to contact them because, as we see from all those films, that connects quite see like quite successfully. It's a it's a sorting, it's a directory issue. There, you're always getting the wrong number. <laughs> Like if they Probably. just sorted out the admin, so you could always direct to the right person a little bit. Yeah, John and argu- <laughs> arguably, regardless of who they're trying to reach, like the bandwidth in the, in in every situation is is incredible. Like you know, like that, that ghost is coming through. You know, loud yeah. and clear in some occasions. 
But well, you know, you're jamming out to I'm Tiny Tim with the lipstick face dude from Insidious. <laughs> oh, God. Darth Maul. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was that almost a peep show quote there, John, when you said just like, we could just report all the sounds that have gone correctly, but that would take forever. Okay. <laughs> For God's sake. Um, okay, well, A24, obviously, when they do horror movies, they usually uh, bring out the big guns, don't they? So looking forward to seeing this trailer. Uh, the, the poster is like a creepy hand with loads of writing on it. Can't even read what it says. The hand forms a, uh, the, one of the letters in the. Oh, no, it, it forms the two in A24. It forms the two, yeah. yeah. So they've got somebody who's really good at, um, what's it called? Finger puppetry. Uh, and, they, and they've made a two. I can't do it. Um, but yeah, A24 horror movie that sounds interesting. Other piece of horror news the Five Nights at Freddy's movie has set a release date for Halloween of this year. Um, we haven't got a trailer yet or any sort of real look. I guess this there's one image that was shared on the like Blumhouse and um social media pages, which is like somebody and and an animatronic stood outside of the pizza place. Um, with all the letters in the name of the pizza place flickering on and off, terrifying. Um, a troubled security guard, well, if you played the games, you'll know, but for anyone who hasn't, a troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. While spending his first night on the job, he realizes the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. Have you guys played these games? Are you fans or not so much? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, the, the actual gameplay, I'm not the biggest fan of, but... Uh everything else right mm. it's uh i won't wax lyrical on it for too long but scott Cawthon is just an example of how to respond to criticism because it was um he used to use uh click team fusion which was an engine i used to use a long time ago and um you can't make 3d in that and you can't but he used to uh like do pre-rendered donkey kong country style stuff and put it into yeah. this game engine and he was trying to make a game for kids called i think it was chipper and sons okay wood chipping company or something like that and yeah uh, james stephanie sterling on their channel did a video taking the piss out of the trailer and they said that um oh, okay. oh it looks like a terrifying animatronic uh, this game that's supposed to be for kids it looks like terrifying oh. animatronics and scott cawthon's response to that was to go well, uh, uh, you know, they, uh, he, um, apparently he, you know, he took it to heart at first and was a bit upset and then came back as well. I guess I can make scary animatronics then. Yeah. And genius. And uh, the fact is the engine doesn't do 3d, but that was the one he used. And so he came up with the idea of doing this FMV style thing when in a world where FMV games haven't been done since the, the mega CD, you know, and, uh, oh. it's just like working around your limitations and criticism that's a, a masterwork and then all the lore involved and all the kids and everybody's talking about it trying to figure out who you know what did william afton do who's the purple man it's it's genius and i hope they can pull it off in a movie you know they've got um matthew lillard involved and that, that guy's incredible so i didn't know it was yeah. matthew lillard he's going to be william afton apparently so yeah so and jim henson that, well, not himself, but the Jim Henson company are doing that animatronics. Uh, I this this sounds like it's gold. That to would me. be scary. Um, yeah. So jo oh, Josh great. Hutchison, Matthew Lillard, Elizabeth Lale. Um, yeah. So pretty so, stacked cast. It's really good to hear more about this now because I think when it had been in just quiet production for so long, I had a few worries that the Nicolas Cage vehicle had kind of eaten their eaten their lunch a little bit. Is it Willie's Willie's Wonderland? Willie's Wonderland. Wonderland. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderland. Yeah. 
Yeah, because this was my, that was my kind of basic understanding is that the film had been kind of in like development for so long. And then you were almost getting all these imitators coming out, like the Banana Splits movie yeah. and the, um, yeah, and, and oh, Willy's yeah, Wonderland. They sort of came out and said, how ah, legally distinct from, but evocative of this thing. And we've, and we've come out first. It's not like a deep impact Armageddon situation where they come out the same week <laughs> or what have you. It's come out a couple of years in advance, but. Dante's no, Peak and Volcano. Really yeah, exactly. Be interesting that, then. that Five Nights at Freddy's retrospectively has a parody in Willy's Wonderland, right? Like it came out before it. Yeah. Willy's yeah. Wonderland's all right, That's though. Oh, it's, yeah, it's very good. Mm. And and also, I guess the weird thing is, I guess in video games like Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, Sam, you'd be more you'd be more informed than me to say this, but didn't it kind of spawn like a whole new genre of like Higgs mascot horror things like there's oh oh Sam, help uh, me out poppy playtime poppy's uh, playtime uh that's yeah. big now right i saw like like literally yeah. like i was passing a local fate and there was literally like kids with balloons of yeah they've gone a little bit that. uh merchandise heavy on that one <laughs> it's been a little controversial for it they were selling the merch before for chapter two before chapter two even came out and things like that but you got bendy and the ink machine and all those there was what was it, Garden of Banban, which is everybody hates and apparently it's garbage, but it's the new one. And uh, it's, it's, but you know what? I love that they're making movies of the creepypastas now. Apparently, Slenderman was hugely disappointing, but apparently, A24 are doing the back rooms with Kane Pixels and James Wan. And that just sends me yeah. places when I think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've I only heard, seen I heard the that first recently. season of Channel Zero. I've only seen the Candle Cove one. I've not seen the others, but I think Luke has, and he's said they were good. I was I was just going to bring up Candle Cove because I I haven't I haven't seen Candle Cove, but like I I have been following the work of Chris Straub like uh, for years and years and years and years, like uh, even back to his podcasting days in like two thousand seven, and like um, his web comic uh, Brood Hollow is is one of the most just like underrated uh, horror. Wait, how do you describe it? It's like Tintin meets Cthulhu kind of. It, it, it's just. Oh, Equally, wow. like, how do you make a comic that is both like a whimsical comedic adventure and also deeply horrific at the same time? So, like, I I love his mind, and uh, it's kind of, it's so gratifying to see that like the stuff he's created, this analog horror stuff, has just suddenly uh, blown up. You know, uh, kind of he's kind of one of the fathers of it. It's amazing. It's it's exciting to see this type of thing coming out because you know they'll run out of Stephen King properties eventually. So it's good to see. I don't know about that. He's he's publishing. He's publishing at least writes them faster than they can make them. I guess. Can you make an analog horror book? Is that the the VHS tape buzzed for a while? (laughs) (laughs) VHS tape buzzed for forty-five seconds. Written on abacus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Release this movie on daguerreotype or wax cylinder. Here is a list of semaphore instructions. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And the last piece of news we've got is um, the cast for Maxine, the third movie in Ty West's X trilogy, has been announced this week. So obviously including Mia Goff, but also Kevin Bacon, Giancarlo Esposito. um, And I don't want to ruin anything for Sam, who hasn't even seen Pearl yet. However, it's, it's, I can't legally watch it yet. It's not out here. Yeah, that's a 
I mean, that's understandable. What are they playing at? Um, but yeah, so essentially Maxine uh, reverses the franchise's trajectory through time to pick up um, Maxine after the events of X as a sole survivor continues her journey towards fame, setting out to make it as an actress in 1980s Los Angeles. Um, so who who else did we get added to the can't remember the list is 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 disappeared. No, here we go. Um, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, Moses Sumney, Michelle Monaghan, uh, Monaghan, Bobby Cannavale. Is that you say his name? That um, Lily Collins, Halsey as well, as well as Kevin Bacon. Pretty stacked cast as well. So that sounds exciting. I think I'm glad to see more of of the character and Mia Mia Goff. I think, especially in the last twelve months, I've realised is probably one of the best uh, lead horror actresses out there. So, one to watch. Something else. One to watch. Most definitely. I mean, yeah. We will encourage the filmmakers of Maxine while you're putting all this effort into getting a fabulous guest speaker. Kick your distributors at the ass, will you? Come on. Like We've got to a see great it this cast. side of Christmas, if you don't mind. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't want to see nice. all of our American friends going, hey, no spoilers, but here's a couple of screenshots of the ending. And also, <laughs> talking about, especially if you're on platforms like Twitter, people scroll downwards. So your spoiler tag came after the picture that spoiled it. <laughs> so come on, please, if you could. <laughs> like, I can't hope to change all of the behaviors across people for people across social media. I can directly attack you and ask you to bring it out at the same time, you know, like films used to in the modern era, come out at the same time in, in countries that speak the same language. Come on. just if you That could. would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. Uh, okay, well, that's all we've got for horror news. I guess the next next section of the show is what we've been watching. Uh, usually we do sort of like something from the last seven days. It doesn't always have to be horror-related. could be horror-adjacent. Uh, but if you've seen anything in the last seven days, new or old, well, I guess we could talk about it. So, I mean, John and Sam, as your guests, would you like to, anything you'd like to mention first? Any new releases or anything? Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't think it's fitting. Um, maybe it's the most fitting thing in the world, but I, I've recently uh, jumped into a horror game. So kind of like blending these two worlds here uh, called uh, The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I took I took a punt. It was a little different, maybe inspired by you guys, but um, it's uh deliberately it's an indie indie production. It's quite. A, I don't know much about developers, but I get the impression it's a small team. Uh, it's a deliberate throwback to point and click adventures. Uh, I'm not massively far into it. I'm still on the first day. Although I actually have no idea how many days they're going to be. Maybe I'm in the end game already. Uh, but the it, it's kind of in a set in a quasi maybe late Victorian, early Edwardian kind of uh, England. Um, you're following uh, a young archaeologist uh, and a uh, scientist. Um, she's arrived on train in the uh, nondescript northern town of Bewdley uh it's just somewhere it's just somewhere north and wet and grim and they've, they've never kind of specified on, uh, exactly where uh because you, you've been invited there to help with the excavation of Hobbs Barrow uh because you're writing a book on barrows and uh uh you just arrive in this kind of desolate kind of rain and windswept little town of charming pixel art like very um 
uh, it, it alternates between you're navigating uh it's very monkey island style like you're navigating the village uh pointing and clicking solving puzzles that sort of thing and then interspersed with incredibly high resolution pixel art uh showing like like very intense close-ups on on oh. on things which are um sometimes quite quite disturbing and no I, I would say there's been nothing like overtly uh gory or horrific or anything like that but it's very good at creating a sense of kind of dread i think with the audio mixing and stuff so i'm i'm really kind of swept up in it already i've got to say like it is very well written and um i, w- I would recommend it i'm like i said I'm, I'm right in the middle of it uh yeah. it, it's it's fun it's got a good voice to it uh and and and, and the that. northern people actually kind of sound like northern people, you know, which is which is good as well. So not Bly Manor then, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Just looking at it now, it looks it looks great and definitely very reminiscent of Monkey Island. I think it, even like the text when people are talking kind of looks very much. Uh, what 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 are you playing this on, John? Uh, I'm playing it on uh, on uh, the Switch, and uh, it, it's pretty good. I keep forgetting the Switch actually does have a touch touch screen. Um, I think it would almost work better with a mouse, but it's functioning fine with with the you know kind of twin stick and everything. But yeah, like uh, I had to adjust the cursor speed right down because I was remember like trying to trying to hit an item on the menu and I just could not for the life of me like I was pinballing all over the screen. But yeah, it is very good. Yeah, it looks great, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, let's pick that up. Yeah, definitely. Any anything else that you've well again get games are fine, but have, have you seen anything this week that? I I I just I'm in a I'm in a pit at the moment of not really watching much of anything. Like I I, I realize that's the worst talking point in the world. But sometimes you just find yourself like caught between stuff. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We just finished watching uh, Tron Uprising, which was the uh, cartoon sequel. No, it's cartoon prequel that came out after the t- 2010 movie. What okay. was that called? Like Tron, Tron Legacy. Legacy. Tron Legacy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, a a beaut- visually beautiful movie and a, like the audio, the soundtrack, fantastic. Um, mm. The plot, yeah, I fit it on the back of a match, a matchbox, basically. But like, uh, the, the honestly, the cartoon, phenomenal. Like a full voice cast, uh, like Elijah Wood, uh, Lanx Reddick. Oh, wow. Um, oh, uh, Mandy Moore. Uh, it's it's great, like it's incredible and visually just absolutely stunning. And I think it, I honestly now consider it to be the definitive Tron fiction. Like I think it's oh, done wow, more okay. than either of the movies. Okay. Uh, and sadly, uh, it just ended. It's about ten oh. years old now. Uh, they clearly were hoping to get a second series. They never did. Oh. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's visually okay. stunning, and I think um, the lead character designer, I can't remember his name, which is terrible, but he went on to do a few uh a few pieces in Love, Death and Robots. And okay. um Oh, okay. The, there's the episode um is it Zima Blue? Uh, uh, uh that's his style, like very, very angular, kind of 2D mm. elo- like Is that from the first he- series? I think so, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, also think... the one where they're running across the ice and there's like giant like ice worms um, and stuff. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, draws a very angular humanoid, but like, mm. 
oh it's just incredible just, be, just been raving about it this past yeah like yeah it, just it, looking at looking at the visual style now it looks great it was right on my street i mean i've, I've recently finished uh cyberpunk edge runners on on netflix as well which i really enjoyed so. forgotten that even came out there's too much stuff there's too much stuff exactly and yeah so. cyberpunk <laughs> anime used to be my jam the odd uh, yeah. cyber city 080808 and ad police and bubblegum crisis and all that oh, crazy yeah. stuff <laughs> amazing uh awesome anything anything in particular sam that you've seen in the last in the last week or so yeah i haven't i haven't been to see any new releases other than super mario and i don't think that counts but uh we can discuss I've been... super mario i've seen super mario <laughs> no i, saw it last I night. have been watching I've... it's pretty good it's pretty good the skeletons yeah. in it aren't there those little dry bones yeah, yeah that's true there but is I have been... like a little horror horror moment sorry sorry sam didn't mean to interrupt there no no, no there you go is a, like a bit of an extended horror sequence obviously very reminiscent of luigi's luigi's mansion but still i was like if i was a little kid i might be a little bit scared yes uh, i'm not so. i'm a grown man all right i suppose <laughs> so but uh, being this is the first time I've been on a horror podcast, I'm probably going to steer away from Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. Um, Don't worry well, about it. Uh, it, n- not not so much new stuff because uh, I, there was a lot of I was working around the clock to be prepared for Pax East with Toxie. But um, I recently uh, watched um, The Ritual, which was oh, okay. which is a few years old, nice. which was really really cool. Uh, I, I assume you guys have seen that, but that was um, yeah. That was that was pretty awesome. Uh, I also got to an old, a very old black and white one, the old dark house. Uh, just just because it's become up on the evolution of horror podcast, and they're doing a home oh, invasion wow, okay. series, and that was like an old horror comedy. And I'm also a little bit obsessed with Skinnamarink at the moment, and the way it's polarizing people. And I thought it was fantastic. It scared the shite out of me, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, but it's also some people think it's the worst thing they've ever seen. So I've watched it through about three or four times now, just obsessively because it's. Uh, I think it's oh, magnificent. Oh wow! Okay. If only we'd met you a few weeks earlier, Sam. We could have used your voice when we covered it because I think I polarized the other way. Um, not ah, not, that okay. I, not that I found it awful. I, I think I was really impacted by once again it came out later here. And by the time we got it, it was already TikTok challenges and everything I saw on social media was like, I'll tell you what, absolutely cack my dacks watching this one. And then I watched it and thought, <laughs> my, my takeaway was fabulous art installation. I could have walked in, I could have popped my, <laughs> popped my head around the door of the Tate Modern, seen it, and I was like, deeply unsettling. Um, you know, play it in a room with infrasound going on in there, I would have thought it was fantastic. But for me watching it with those expectations on my laptop in my house. What are you doing? You need to see that, that video of David Lynch talking about, you know, you can't experience a movie on a fucking telephone. You know, <laughs> that makes me more. What do I want? <laughs> Skinner Skinner Inc. is a vibe, man. You gotta have it. You gotta have yeah, all the lights sure. off. And would you, you didn't have time to buy a CRT and set it up in a night in my childhood house. If I watched it there, maybe I'd have had a different experience. Would you have considered your pants any less dacked, Andy? Cacked. My dacks are my pants. What did I say? What did I say? Catch yes, your dax, dax, dax yeah. your cacks. Yeah. I fucked it. I fucked it up. Um, big time. That's all right. We'll edit it out. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I, I think I, I struggled with enough narratively to grip onto, and, and much like having, I think it also it came after it in the same calendar year. No, not the same. In the same twelve month period that I'd watched all of the, all of the paranormal activity movies as well. And 
She's fed up with ethereal voices whispering at kids <laughs> to do stuff. Did, but, did you see the? Leave uh, me alone. <laughs> did you guys see the 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 little uh, deleted scene thing that some guy animated on on YouTube though? For it? oh no, what's this? It's, it's oh, great. Look up Skinnerink deleted scene. It's basically a guy's animated like the the grainy footage of the hallway, and uh, they've got like a Wiley Coyote style. They've got like an archway painted on the wall, like a tunnel, and the voice is going, "Kevin, run into the tunnel, Kevin, full speed." <laughs> <laughs> it's real, Kevin. <laughs> I, oh my God. I, 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 not not to like monopolize airtime again because I, I spoke for long enough but like i am fascinated like obsessively fascinated with skin and rick and i haven't seen it um oh, I, i've wow, seen okay. heck which is oh the, yeah 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 it's really good. YouTube, yeah, that's a short, short film isn't it yeah, yeah. and like it's Andy, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm like caught between the two of you because I don't know what my reaction would be to it. I just know it's, it's ticking all the boxes for me as something that would probably. I, 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 I don't like it. I, like, I love it, and I can't look away. Like it's awful, and I, and I, it's tapping everything in my brain which is wrong and abnormal, and it, it's scaring me thinking about it. I, but I can't. I'm also just fascinated by it. Like the trailer in itself is like a work of art. Like uh, I think we had a lot. Yeah, we had a lot of constructive things to say about it. I think it just it has you have to be in the correct mindset. You have to be watching it in the correct environment for it to truly, truly scare you. This is how I felt anyway. And also, if you've already got like a bit of a it, it kind of if it activates something in you that kind of takes you back to this, puts you in this childlike puts puts you like in your childhood home, being scared of all this, all this sort of stuff, um, then I think it works. But if you if you haven't, if it can activate that part of you, then you're not gonna have a good time. I think we said Some... on episode that, like, I think I could, I could, I could almost give it two ratings: one, one as a piece of art, and one as a piece of entertainment. Well, well, some some 15 years ago, me and John were on a, we did a silly little podcast. This was like on some garbage website that I had at the time, uh, we, but it was for Halloween, and we talked about horror. We said, you know, it was hit John and a couple of friends. We were saying, uh, what scares you? And I remember John, you saying corridors. You said Ooh. corridors and long things, like people with long... And I just remember... Because I, I remember when David Lynch's Inland Empire, when I first saw that, and I thought of you, and I was like, <laughs> you need to see this. And, no! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that movie, Inland Empire, frightens me like nothing else. I still occasionally have Inland Empire nightmares. That movie is wow. horrifying. And Skin and Rink, God, man, it was a vibe. I really felt it. And um, But then... You know, John, you're a you're a storyteller. I'm a movie watcher. I don't know. I'm a I, I like pictures. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. I I I can't I can't take any high ground because I haven't I haven't seen it. I I'd like I I like David Lynch's rabbits. I I find deeply unsettling on its Which own. Which relates uh, to Inland Empire because the rabbits are in that as well. Yeah, yeah. I I just uh, you know I I don't know something about it like I I'm so glad it exists and maybe I'll never watch Skin and Marine because I'd rather just the idea of it almost like means more to me than like I, I almost don't want to see it now because probably I'll be too much of a coward but like uh yeah I, I I'm glad it exists I feel like someone bottled something quite primal and I I, I can't really comment on whether it works as a movie or not primal but... is a good word primal is a good word because I think that I think this is why it's polarizing because um, the thing about uh, Skin Rank and Inland Empire and a lot of David Lynch is um, I'm quite frightened by not being able to understand 
what's going on, right? Like the Inland Empire, it it falls apart. Like the entire movie itself falls apart and it goes the total nonsense, but with just enough of a thread to keep you trying to follow. And that confusion is terrifying to me. And Skinnamarink in the same way. Like I think a lot of people are like, there's no, there's no, no the narrative is isn't three act structure. That is like, yeah, good. That's 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 why it's <laughs> getting me, man, because I feel like I'm trapped in a nightmare that I can't get out of. And I'm seeing stuff in this film grain that probably isn't there. And I don't know what's going to happen next. And this, the, the, the static sound underneath everything is, is, is getting louder and I don't know why. And it, it, it really, it's like being trapped that movie. And it, uh, same with, uh, what's the other one? Again, really, really polarizing. There was Darren Aronofsky's mother which was oh, like yeah. See, anxiety in film form. Yeah. And I, love, I, I know that. people, I know people whose opinions I really, really respect. Uh, uh, and uh, there's, there's Ed who does the uh, certain prog prog podcast. I go on his show. It's like a prog rock thing. And um, he hated that movie and I, I get it. But yeah, it's, it seems to be the polarizing ones that frighten me the most. Then you got like Gaspar Noe and stuff like um, Climax and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Climax. That you just really get under my skin in a way other than i'm not against jump scares i'm not against gore uh, i'm not one of those people i i love that as well but yeah if you really want me to remember you gotta get under my skin in a weird way oh, you see, I, there you go i i probably based on that i probably do need to give it another watch on intended hardware i'll get a crt and watch it like in my <laughs> <laughs> in like the basement of my parents' house or something. I hold no ill will because almost everybody else I've spoken to have seen it has hated it. It was just me. My mate Michelle thought it was all right. Uh Ed from Prog Prog thought it was one of the worst things he'd ever seen in his life. So but it's it's a I vibe. Mean, from seeing the trailer and stuff, I was I was incredibly interested to watch it and I needed to watch it to see it as like as soon as possible. Um but yeah, it just didn't didn't quite connect with me. But you've got to be I on board for the ride as well. And yeah not yeah as a way of bridging like the two camps here and in honor of the video game tie-in andy could you try watching it on um what's the nintendo like vr oh i get like a labo the virtual boy yeah no why not and that would be unsettling and all all in those like eye damaging reds as well well if i'm gonna get any hardware for it i might as well i haven't got a crt i might as well buy a virtual boy and retrofit that Now you've got me thinking about it, though, guys, with your talk of what scares you. Genuinely, still the most afraid I think I've ever been in, like, a non-actual dangerous situation um, was the loss of context. And I think, again, we're of the right age, and Sam, you've met, you probably messed around with modding and stuff before you were a full-on developer. One of the scariest things that's ever happened to me was I was a teenager in my parents' house, who I lived with at the time, I was playing some downloaded Duke Nukem 3D levels. Um, and <laughs> whoever had got it had coded into it um, a bit of audio from uh, Phantasm, where, oh. where, so I'm there with like headphones on playing Duke Nukem. That, you know that's that's a really boy. yeah and it goes yeah. you play a good game boy but now the game is over and it is time for you to die. and i absolutely shit it i was like <laughs> angus scrim angus then, scrim's uh, voice out yeah. of nowhere angus awesome. scrim's voice out of nowhere into these headphones in you know being a being a teenager it was probably like you know one in the morning so i was up late wow. 
playing this video game when I should sensibly be in bed. And it's something which is so familiar. And, you know, like, that was a game, you know, I was playing downloaded levels and so on. So I was familiar with every angle of that, like, every sound that game could make, everything that anything did. And then for this, unfam- and I'd never seen Phantasm at the time. The next so, thing you know, the baubles off the Christmas tree yeah. are drilling your brains out. My goodness. <laughs> I still think about that sometimes, and I can still capture what that is. So if Skinner Brink could find something that did that, I would be truly brutally afraid of it. Oh, I'm sorry. You got me waxing lyrical about Phantasm. Um, like, uh, that's another polarizing one is Phantasm Ravager, the fifth Phantasm movie. And um, I I fell in love with that series because the, the I forget the 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 name of the guy that directs you know and he did John dies at the end and didn't he do Baba Hotep maybe, but he um like the, the Phantasm Four was this like road movie and supposedly it was um supposed to be building a budget for this huge massive finale he wanted to make but it didn't do so well but he just made it anyway. And Phantasm Ravager is like this huge ambitious thing with like sci-fi level, sci-fi channel level CG because he didn't have the budget, but he made it anyway. And it's wonderful. <laughs> it's just, it was so polarizing. Phantasm it's, 5. Think I've only seen the first two. Oh, you haven't seen Phantasm 3 is the best one, man. You got Rocky with the, the chick with the nunchucks and, and you got a quadruple barreled shotguns and you got like Home Alone, but with gore. It's It's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> have to run through this series as well. Oh, it's, one, yeah. it's one of the best. Sounds like the next series you've got to tackle, I think, Andy. Right, I'll get straight it, to it. But I've got oh, I've yeah. got some more I've got some what's it called? I spit on your grave sequels to get through. I'm <laughs> kind of putting it off because I feel like it's going to be deeply unpleasant. Yeah, that's not a good time. <laughs> Any uh anything else you've seen this week, Andy, that you wanted to mention? Uh, a couple that I'll mention quickly, Ben. So since last week I watched 2009's The Collector. Tell you what, he's a horrible oh, bloke, yeah. isn't he? Horrid little man coming in your house, setting traps everywhere. He's like Kevin McAllister has like gone to the he's like Kevin McAllister from the darkest possible timeline. Except <laughs> Phantasm 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the sequel, the collection? I've not seen the collection yet, but uh, and I was I was reading about how the third one in the series just disappeared. It's in development hell somewhere. But yeah, it's it's kind of like this guy that dresses like Voldo from Soul Edge. <laughs> And kind of has nice. like a jigsaw vibe about him, but except without of without the whole oh, I'm teaching you a lesson, actually, you should appreciate your life. Don't try really hard at your job or spy on people or do whatever. Um he, he's just he just goes about collecting people and he's horrible. Um deeply unsettling visually, sometimes over the but it's yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Uh was the was the collector. Um and then I watched the Black Cauldron, which I'd never seen before, bit of um, sort of classic oh, wow. animated horror. That was good, but yeah, seen that for years. again, I can see why it sort of fell out of Disney popularity for a while. It's like, yeah, little little furry what, friend does. What is Gurgi supposed to be? What is he? Is he a dog? <laughs> little trolley man, isn't he? What Gurgi, the little yeah. dog man? He's got yeah, like a mustache. Troll dog mustache man. Yeah, <laughs> troll dog mustache. Yeah, between <laughs> between the bard being turned into a frog and being wedged in between that witch's cleavage, and then uh, the guy, yeah. effect, the little, the cute little furry mascot, effectively sacrificing himself and being dead for a good portion of time, I can see why that one fell off off Disney's radar for a little while. But I watched that, and that was good. And then the last thing I watched uh, was Raw Force, aka Kung Fu Cannibals. 
uh what yeah. a triple bill andy jesus christ yeah i mean it, it makes it makes the toxic avenger look absolutely like a high, a high bar of production and moral <laughs> values um but yeah what a time <laughs> wow amazing apart uh, from that just the film of the week how about you ben uh, just got a couple of things that's worth mentioning. So I saw Pulse for the first time, the Japanese um, 2001 spooky ghost of the internet film. Um, I've never seen the remake. This... You've only seen? See, I didn't. Know... I didn't even know there was a remake. So I... this is one that I've always been meaning to see, um, and I kind of do enjoy like the spooky ghost flicks, um, Asian ghost flicks from around this time. I think maybe it's lost a bit of its charm just because of like the technology on show. Like it's kind of. It's nice to kind of see that sort of like creepy haunted modems and stuff like that. But I think once it goes from being like a sort of low level haunting thing to being like essentially the apocalypse, I think it it lost me a bit. But I still think it's it's got some great visuals, you know, like the what were you going to say, Sam? How about the woman in the corridor, though? Oh, yeah, definitely. The woman in the corridor Terrifying. Is, is great. Well, this is the thing, because I've been watching 101 Scariest Moments on, on Shudder. That all of the ones that popped up, Roswell, I've not seen that. I'll make a note of it and make sure I watch them ASAP. That is genuinely scary. Um, but yeah, there there are some great there are some great actual moments. I think I think just in terms of plot, it 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 let me down a little bit, but still still great. Um, and then some other Asian cinema I watched. So I rewatched one of my favorites. I saw the Devil, um, which I guess you'd consider more like a horror thriller. So um, revenge. Revenge, yeah, a revenge thriller, and it's starring Kim Ji Woon, who who directed um the Good, the Bad, the Weird. Uh, sorry, it's directed by Kim Ji Woon, who directed the Good, the Bad, the Weird, um, and stars um Choi Min Sik, who obviously is old boy himself. Um, it's like it's like a really long, visceral, violent thriller, like cat and mouse game. Um, but I think it's great. It's probably like one of the bleakest like vengeance films. And I think they all are bleak in a way, aren't they? But this is like the bleakest where it's just like completely hopeless from start to finish. Um, but there are some really good like moments that I think, and and I guess like I've, I've seen it compared to things like seven and Zodiac and other things like that. I don't think it's, it's quite as, as um, complicated as that it is just a straight up violent thriller. But, I love it, and it's, it's sorry I've cut in so much. I'm sorry I've cut in so much. You guys, this is music to my ears, man. That was a really good movie too. Um, I, I wasn't big on how the women characters were in that movie. They were it was what do they call it fridging, you know, where like they, they they pretty much all existed to get hurt horribly to give the men more motivation. Yeah. But aside yeah. from that, that movie is a banger. Oh, like, it's a banger! It really and sucks you in. Like Choi Min Sik as well. I think. In terms of his performance, like you, you pretty much forget it's that actor. You don't think of him as old boy at all in that film. You just think he is the most dirty, disgusting, horrible bloke ever. Uh, and it's like really over the top as well. You know, it starts off as just like a a fairly realistic sort of film, and then they go to a house where some cannibals live. Uh, it's great. I, 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 if you've not seen it before, I really recommend it. It's just a really good film. Um, and then the last thing that I'm going to mention, which I watched this week, was I watched the Living with Chucky documentary, which is now on Screenbox, um, directed by Kyra Elise Gardner. And it's got Brad Dorif and Fiona Dorif kind of like waxing lyrical all the, all the way about the Chucky franchise um, for all the movies up into the TV show as well, which I haven't seen. I know you have, Andy. Um, 
but yeah, it's great. It's just another one of those sort of like franchise retrospective documentaries. Um, yeah, and it's really fascinating as well. Some behind the scenes stuff, some stuff I wasn't familiar with, some stuff I was. Um, but yeah, great way to spend a couple of hours with. Where does this uh, run in your in your franchise rerun lengthy documentaries? Franchise then? rerun lengthy documentaries. I would say it's a, a bit much short for more... your taste. It's a bit short for my taste. Yeah, so so obviously like the Only Friday three the hours deep, long. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street ones are like eight and nine hours. This is only two hours. I think this kind of makes sense. It kind of skips over like Chucky three and four, maybe a bit quickly. It's almost like um, maybe two and three, actually, not three and four, two and three. It kind of goes, all right, okay, two, let's get two and three out of the way so we can go move on to Bride of Chucky and Cedar Chucky, um, which is a bit disappointing. But apart from that, it's, it is really fascinating to see how how the film's developed. Um, and obviously with the director as well, the fact that he's obviously still involved in the TV show as well. Um, what's his name? Don Mancini. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. I, I highly recommend it. Um, I can't get enough of this this sort of stuff. Um, I would watch a In Search of Darkness 80s documentary um, forever. <laughs> From now <laughs> until the end of time. Just start it now. I'll just use an it. algorithm to event, just loop it. Yeah, you know when you've got like those YouTube channels which are just like constantly looping something like a creepy pasta or something like that. I would just constantly watch documentaries <laughs> about eighties horror. You um, get to the end of Crystal Lake Memories, you're like, I want them to make more movies so they can keep talking. Yeah, it's like a game of it's like a Game of Thrones scenario by the end, isn't it? You're just like, surely they've written something else. Surely something else has happened in this time. Um, but yeah, I really do recommend Living with Chucky, definitely. Uh, but that is. That is it for me, apart from apart from the film of the week, which we've all seen, which is The Toxic Avenger. Now, you've already mentioned, I didn't want to jump in when you mentioned this, but you mentioned some people not ever seen a trauma movie. I have never seen a trauma movie before what? I watched this. Yes, I'm that guy. Uh, oh so thank you i was i was i thought we were gonna have like a i don't know i thought it'd be some ritual sacrifice on air because I, I thought i'd be like the neophyte here that's amazing the, the fact the fact that i'm actually like a co-host on this podcast where we've covered we're like f- almost 300 episodes in and i've never seen a trauma movie and obviously andy and luke you guys have always sort of talked about trauma movies and your love for them and i've always gone i should probably get around to that but the Toxic Avenger for me felt like exactly what I expected, but so much more. Um, it was like sure, I was like this so many times. Surely they're not going to show that. Oh, they are. <laughs> they are. They've shown it, and they're taking Polaroid pictures of it. Great. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just get little cinematic blind spots, don't don't you? And this has always just been one of those for me. And a lot of my cinematic blind spots, I've managed to kind of bring into focus from this podcast and obviously this is another example of that um so i will just quickly introduce the film so uh the toxic avenger is a 1984 american superhero black comedy splatter film directed by michael hares and lloyd kaufman uh written by kaufman and joe ritter is the first installment of the toxic avenger franchise released by troma entertainment um and a brief Plot synopsis, Tromaville has a monstrous new hero. <laughs> the Toxic Avenger is born when meek mop boy Melvin, how's that for alliteration, falls into a vat of toxic waste. Now, evil do- doers will have a lot to lose. 
Um, so it's got 6.2 on IMDb, 70% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 64% audience score, uh, 3.3 on Letterboxd. And I've got some choice reviews here. Um, Cinema Void gives it four stars and says, the only toxic relationship I want in my life. Uh, <laughs> Luna says, gloriously raunchy, unforgivably violent and stupid as fuck. Three stars. Uh, Rocco says the only super film, superhero film that matters, five stars. Um, and Blake Bergman says watching the Toxic Avenger is as much a transformative experience for the viewer as it is for Melvin and his mop, five stars. So there we go. Um, obviously, a cult movie in a way, but also one that's extremely popular with certain certain sections of horror fans. Um, what is everybody's relationship, I guess, with this film? Some a longer relationship than others, it would seem. Uh, who's going first? Well, you go I, first. You go yeah, first. you're you're yeah, you're the man. Oh, thank you. Sure. Well, um, well, I've seen it um, with trauma. Actually, I had a lot of brushing up to do when I got this this job. But I'd seen Toxic Avenger, Poltergeist, Cannibal, the musical, and a few of their other ones. But um, way back when I first watched Toxic Avenger, it was because I was really into horror. Uh, well as far back as I can remember, but there was a website and I don't know where it ever went, but there was this fantastic website in the early 2000s called eSplatter. And uh, oh, you'd wow. go on there and it was, yeah, it was like real short reviews of the films. And the, it was, it was almost like an encyclopedia of horror. So you go in like alphabetical order and just a list of horror movies. And this guy would make like maybe a paragraph or two about the film. That was it. He'd put his opinion in and sometimes they weren't ones that aligned with the, general consensus which is which is always nice to see uh but it would also link in between them so it would go oh such and such went on to make this and there's the link to the next one and so i got into a lot of horror movies by following links on that website going down the rabbit hole and toxic avenger come up on there a lot and it was just in the list you know and uh, i watched it not really knowing much about trauma and the funny thing is i remember when i first watched it i was like this is this is great this is so much fun this this almost puts me in mind of like mario bava's demons or something like that and um was it mario no was it lamberto bava's demons you know, that doesn't matter but um it, it and i yeah i went down that rabbit hole and the crazy thing is it wasn't until i saw the angry video game nerd episode that i realized the cartoon i liked as a kid and that movie were related so i loved oh, wow. toxic avenger and i was watching AVG, and I was like, oh that's the and so yeah I, I just got into it i just used to buy the dvds you know or the videos or whatever was on sale based on that east blaster website and I, I i don't know to this day where it went but and it was that and poultry geist and stuff you know and uh that, that's my relationship with the movie really it's just the and the, and the cartoon then they converged like that and i didn't even know <laughs> how about you andy have you you got a longer relationship with this film for, as well? for me, Ben. Let me think now. I think it was, it was a long time ago. That I saw. I think I didn't see them in order. Certainly not quite so long ago as like nineteen eighty four. But I think I saw like a Toxic Avenger two or three like late at night when we were at a friend's house, just like flicking through the Sky channels late at night, and it was on. And I mean, some of you know, you grow apart. Maybe this is why, you know, real life horror, one of the first moments I noticed it because I flicked up, I was flicking through the channels, people were having some drinks and, you know, just casually sitting around the house. I stopped and we got to Toxic Avenger and I was sitting enjoying it. Some of the others like, what is this shit? Turn it over. And I was like, ah, oh, 
you know, maybe we maybe our time together has come to an end. Because I was having a del- <laughs> I was having a delightful time. And I, I like went and sorted out trauma from then. <laughs> Turn it off is shit. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm just gonna keep watching it until it gets better. Oh, all right. Then we, we you know, I ain't gonna press many more channels before those ones where it's just like dating videos of people and um you know like late night poker can we not just stay and watch this horror movie um, uh, no i uh then i went back and i found toxic avenger the original from there um and then was into checking out trauma movies and movies from you know similar types of movie um that have the same sensibilities about them um so i think poultry guys does my favorite for a long time Poltergeist is one of the few films I took with me on a hard drive when I moved to Korea. And uh, like meeting people out there, it's like, oh, okay, we're, we're becoming friends now. Maybe we should sit and watch this movie. And then the that'd airport, be a good, they, they that'd be a good, that'd be a good barometer. What's on yeah, what's, the what's best, on this? It's the best musical about zombie chickens I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely the top five. Unsurpassed in its field. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that one. And then, you know... I, I don't have a universal knowledge of trauma movies. I haven't seen any Sergeant Kabuki Man. I um, haven't seen Shakespeare's shit show yet. There's loads of stuff I want to check out from them, but I think you could maybe overdose on trauma. Maybe it'd send you a bit peculiar if you just watched it back to back. But I always have a good time watching one of their movies. So um, yeah, and Toxic Avengers kind of... I know. I think it's a fairly good entryway into it. I think it was certainly... I put it on for my wife and I was happy for her to watch this one with me, despite joking that, well, should I be worried? I was less worried about this one than I would have some of the more modern stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's my history. How about how about you, John? I think I heard you say on another podcast, you've been blitzing it all in preparation, right? <laughs> yeah, like I I um it, you know, here's the thing, like I I prior to working on the project, I I I'd never seen I'd never seen a trauma movie and I remembered the cartoon and, 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 you know, in, in doing the research, you know, it was going back to, uh, Newcomb High, uh, Newcomb High 2 or return, what, uh, return to Newcomb High. Yeah, return to Newcomb High, I think is the fourth that technically. Yeah. But, so uh, I, I, it's, it's that I Halloween H2O thing where it disregards two and three. Yeah. So I did a classic Newcomb High part two subhumanoid meltdown. So I've got my notes here uh and and i was going through like um now at sam's recommendation i skipped two and three of the to- toxic movies and went went to uh toxic toxic adventure four citizen toxic um which is like it's you know it, i feel like there's this there's this massive like cosmic asterisk like just floating over everything <laughs> when you're talking about trauma because you, you have to go like again try to explain it to like you know the normal people in your life the, the quote unquote the normal people in your life and you're like okay so it's not good but like <laughs> it's kind of brilliant like yes. it, it, like uh, you just get this complete like your brain can't hold two really complex thoughts at the same time like um of all the ones I've seen, I think Toxic Avenger might be the most competently made. Like, I, I'm trying to think, but like, you, you just get like, even now I'm starting to go like, oh yeah, this is how, this is how like trauma cuts a movie. Like, you just get the impression that like, they just basically left the camera running and 
got like 48 hours of just madness while they destroyed a place <laughs> and then cut it into a movie. And yeah, I, I, and it's so weird. It, it, like, I really, I really, I really enjoyed them. Like even, even class of class of Nukem High Part Two, which is not good. Like, <laughs> no, <it's> not. <laughs> uh, like, I found myself kind of like the protagonist. I, I can't even remember his his character's name, but and that like, Chad looking guy, uh, the yeah, blonde guy, he was like the Get biggest, like, like, like a mirror universe Clark Kent, just like the <laughs> biggest dude you've ever seen, and he's like the campus reporter. And he would just say like these these words of like profound literacy in the middle of like utter nonsense. Like this one quote that stuck with me, where like there's like this there's an orgy going on. There's like people getting like shot and stabbed. There's like a just like government agents like hosing people down. Everyone's naked, and he's just in the middle talking to a dictaphone, going like, "I am not proud of this world to which I am an occupant." And <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like I I think that kind of sums it all up. Like. Like I think the word punk gets bandied about a lot, like with wild abandon. But I think for the first time in kind of really going into trauma movies, I, I think I kind of like, I kind of got it. And you know, it, it's so funny. Like particularly going to like watching Tox Toxic Avenger, any of these movies. Like on paper, these are poorly made, offensive movies that nobody should enjoy. Like they're not made for humans. Who are these made for? And then you actually watch them and they're like, there's something going on here that's kind of genius. And yeah. I, I and I love it. And like to Toxic Avenger, like I was laughing. I, I was having a great time. Like I I it's in many ways, it's barely a movie. It's like it's like the it's like a collection of crazy things, just enough to, to make a plot, and it's bare bones, but like. It's great. It's great. Like I, I, I think you I nailed it when it. you said. I think you nailed it when you said punk. It's just yeah. like punk rock music. You know, I think of how people must have felt the first time they heard the Sex Pistols or whatever. You know, it's like this isn't how you do music. Well, it is now. <laughs> yeah, this is how we do music. And you're right. I think that you put it perfectly, John. Like I think it takes a great amount of cleverness, almost genius level intellect, to make something deliberately this stupid. I think, like it cannot be by accident. I don't think you could create this accidentally. I think the people who made it knew exactly what they were doing. It wasn't that they were trying to make something different, and it's just formed. It's not like a the room situation where you know they could say, "Oh yeah, I meant to make a comedy. Don't worry." Like there's something very <laughs> deliberate about what they've done here. There's a moment uh, in Toxie. Toxic Avenger 4, when I first saw that, I was at my mate Metsky's house, and uh, Metsky has been involved in the production of the game, actually helped me design the combat system because he's something of an authority on, you know, beat-em-ups and stuff in the UK uh, retro gaming scene. But uh, I, I first saw it because he, he sort of helped me brush up on my trauma because, I, as I said, I've seen uh, a few of the films, and uh, I wasn't certified trauma fan as such, but I, I loved Toxic Avenger, and I liked Poltergeist and stuff, and... Yeah, I watched Toxic uh, Toxic Avenger 4 with him. And there was a moment where I found myself like howling, laughing at a joke where you, which is like you can't you can't make that joke. But the thing is, it's like I'm not I'm not here laughing at, at, at an age joke. Right. I'm laughing at the fact that the guy said it. But, you know, <laughs> that the people holding the camera are laughing because he said it right. The joke isn't. Ha ha AIDS. The joke is, ha ha, this guy just said that. 
Does that, yes. that makes they're yeah. they're on they're it's like you're on the same level with them. And and if somebody saw it and thought this is disgusting, offensive, I hate it, I understand. And I think trauma understand too. And I think that's why they get away with a lot of it because I, they're not looking to. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah, there's the team, the team behind trauma, like Lloyd Kaufman and everyone else, are not getting. They're not getting the letters and saying, "Oh shit, these people are offended." I, I, I never meant for this to happen. How, how has this happened? Like, they, they design these films with this, very much in mind that this is what it's going to create. And I think, yeah, Toxic Avenger, nineteen eighty four. Like, you look at the films that have come afterwards; they have leaned into that hard, and they. They really do, I think, films that are that extreme level. You've got it exactly right, and they know what they're doing. It's um, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a phenomenal, like, phenomenal way to approach filmmaking. I, and and just to comment on like the the sheer brazen <laughs> offensiveness of like everything, like it, just from my my humble kind of soapbox, because you go in with like you know all your sensibilities lined up, and you think, oh god, this is going to be a shock to the system. And it's almost so cartoonishly, aggressively offensive to everyone that, like, it it, it kind of comes across like 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 a I'd go like it's not mean spirited. It doesn't feel mean spirited. Yeah, it just feels silly. It, no. It's kind of fun. It almost goes full circle. It gets so offensive that it comes all the way back around to just being kind of just silly and that's it and they could pretty much say anything and get away with anything because you know it's not mean-spirited it's got like there's uh, there's james wan in a james wan james um hold on james gunn thank you james gunn in yeah. a wheelchair like drooling and and that's the guy that makes the guardians of the galaxy movies you know and you got yeah. stan lee doing voiceover and none of these people have been I oh, cancelled by association because it's like everybody's in on the joke. It's... I mean, well, yeah. to be honest, I, I like Toxic Avenger Four. Like, you know, uh, you know, James Gunn's uh, running with like some of his questionable past coming back to haunt him. I'm like, mm. had they seen Toxic <laughs> Avenger Four? <laughs> Talk about like, some tweets and there's this, right? Yeah, like, would you <laughs> have hired him if you'd seen that stuff? Jeez, Louise. I think they hired overall, it because of Toxic Avenger 4. Yeah. I think mean, if you look at it, though, like Toxic Avenger and by overall trauma movies, and the fairest thing to say about it is that films that you will get in certainly sounds like we all did, maybe not for everyone, but they're the films that you might watch and then you might enjoy and you'll, for either accidentally or on purpose, you'll find yourself enjoying them. And then we'll have a quick look around the room to see if anyone else has watched, has, <laughs> yeah. has witnessed you enjoying them, because whatever would they think? It's isn't interesting, there, isn't it? But, like, you know, people uh, talk about. Sorry, John. Oh no, no, sorry, Sam. I was just going to say very quickly. Uh, you guys might be able to correct me on this, but isn't there um, a Roger Ebert quote where he's talking about like uh, the Zucker movies, like Airplane and stuff, and was saying like all their jokes work on two levels because you laugh at the joke. And then you laugh at yourself for laughing at something so stupid in the first place. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I think there's 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 that that's coming in. And there's several times in this particular movie, I was laughing at things on there, and I was like, "This is so stupid that I'm laughing at this," but it is very funny. Yeah, it's stupid. Like it's shocking. And as I as I mentioned at the top there, you just think 
Okay, I can, I can understand where this is going, but surely they're not going to show it. And then, are they going to show a dog getting shot? Uh, yeah. Are they going to show a baby getting a shotgun aimed at its head? Yes. <laughs> are they going to linger was, on that? From... I was thinking that. So that's an actual baby who you can't explain that this is yeah. a nice man with a painted face. You are pointing a gun at a baby's face. And then with the dog. Yes, it's already fun. And then it's made funnier by the fact that the dog is called Gary. Gary the guide dog. <laughs> And then, like, a blind character who you're like, oh, I surely can't make too many jokes about this blind character. And can they? And then they go back to her house. <laughs> She's got so many, like, white sticks. Oh, man. It was it was great. I mean, in a, in a way, like, it leans heavily into a lot of cliches, but it, like, really, really makes those cliches its own. Um, and it's like a... <laughs> just Sorry, I'm just laughing. Like, the whole just nerd gets his own back on bastards scenario but they're not just bastards they're literal psychopathic murderers Murder running bastards people down with their Murder bozo bastards. and slug and wonder and the name game on on this film is phenomenal i mean oh, our yeah. main antagonist is kind of thrown up but yes cigar face <laughs> and his mates knuckles and nipples <laughs> knuckles and... <laughs> it was just yeah oh man um, um, okay <laughs> the bit that kind of uh, the bit that kind of got me was when uh, after Toxy, our hero, seemingly goes off the rails and like uh, murders an innocent, yeah. innocent old like old woman, just kind of going about her business, and they're like, "Oh no, he's finally become a menace!" Like up until now, he's only been killing like uh, uh, killing like evil people, and then it turns out that old lady was like, "No, she was a wanted criminal and also the head of a massive white slavery ring." Yes, she yeah. like <laughs> Like a huge, a huge mobster, so it's okay. And the the, the corrupt mayor's like, "We'll keep that quiet. We need to make sure she's seen yeah. the pillar of the community." What does he What does he say when he puts her in the washing machine? Uh, oh, no, no, he, I, can't, I can't repeat that. Oh, I've I've already done it. <laughs> what did you say? I can't remember. No, he said he says no ticky, no washi. Um, yeah, he does. Which was an old oh, my like, God. play on uh, yeah. Asian people owning um, an incredibly. Yeah, I guess an incredibly racist would... stereotype. Yeah. But but do you know what I mean? Even I think that probably was the one where I was like, okay, probably of its time, more yeah. so than like the rest of the horrible stuff disappearing on on this. But yeah, I I wasn't setting you guys up for that. I genuinely couldn't remember. <laughs> I wasn't just right, who's got who's got a balls to say this? Um okay, so like, I mean it... when you have an extended scene where like the the you know, but the high school bullies are, uh, you know, every night they go out in their car and run people over because that's how they get off. And mm. and then to just like cap that scene with going like, oh man, you know, I'd love to go kill another person, but I can't. I've got to have an early night. It's like, why? Yeah. Well, I'm going to church tomorrow. Like, like, oh uh... yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's like an anti-joke. And yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, I shouldn't laugh, but I do. Oh, it's bad. You shouldn't laugh, but you can't help it. Um, and that's that's kind of it with this film. So in terms of cast, we've got Mitch Cohen stars as Melvin Ferd, Junk M- M- Melvin Ferd, Junk of the Ferd, um, as a Toxic Avenger, and Kenneth Cassier is the voice. Is he the Bond? No, no. Mo- and then another guy is the body, I think. Um, oh, do you know what? There's probably no point re- reading out the cast because there's so many crazy characters in this. Um. <laughs> I guess Pat Ryan as the mayor is like the main big bad and Andre Miranda as Sarah 
is is sort of like the love interest for for Toxie as well. And apart from that, the cast is just made up of, of various bastards with nicknames um, who basically get what's coming to them. Um, so yeah, in terms of the plot, so it's in, it's, it takes place in Tromaville, New Jersey, um, and focuses mainly on this health club. What's the health club called? Uh, what was it? It was Tromaville Health Club, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just called that... Tromaville Health Club, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Big UK energy, <laughs> big UK street energy. I assume it was filmed in the US, but yeah, yeah any, New Jersey, yeah. Yeah, I think any like 90s UK street, you know, with a like a laundrette or something on felt like the setting of the Tromaville Health Club. <laughs> and an extended cut of the song, is it Body Talk or some version of that? Uh, across my playlists, what a time! Sorry, the first twelve Bang minutes soundtrack, yeah, <laughs> which is just go, goes alongside everybody working out, and obviously Melvin just mopping and being a, I mean, a very very cartoonish, over the top version of like a, a weakling, a weakling. I mean, that's what he's described, yeah. isn't it? Melvin for Junker the Third is a weakling. He works as a janitor, and he can't even bloody mop right. Okay, he's mopping people's faces in the oh, hot tub. Bozo is so like. This guy that has like a like a tendency to become incredibly like vocally stressed. I'm so stressed. <laughs> he's got he has got a hell of a lot of of problems, genuine problems that I think he needs to be on medication for because he's got like anger issues. Clearly, he's a psychopath. Um, he, things have to be a very particular certain way for him. So maybe he's got like ADHD, OCD. Some things no, he's got some body dysmorphia. He thinks he's getting a bit fat, so just he's got body dysmorphia. He's like fat. Ah, I'll tell you what, get rid of that fat. Just, uh, just, just some, just some uh, standard chest chest exercises. That'd well, be even fine. like him and him and Slug like doing alternate kind of like crunches, like facing well, each other. Passing, but they're passing, passing like a, a cigarette yeah. like back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when we're introduced to like this this health club, we, I, I was just looking at all the characters in the background as well. Um, it was it was just absolutely fascinating the the colourful characters that were around. There was one guy who couldn't, he couldn't lift it, could he? And he just got dragged off. Yeah, if you're not going to use it, it's my turn. Oh, uh, yeah, classic. Like any health club in this country, I imagine that you go to all the characters yeah. you'd meet. Supposedly, um, Lloyd Kaufman, he was um, a pre-production supervisor on Rocky. And when he was at the gym that they were using there, he just was like, wait, I need to make a horror movie set in a health club. It's like, it's just, <laughs> there's too much stuff here that could be used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, supposedly they also wanted to make a superhero from New Jersey. And those two ideas became the same thing. That's in- I didn't know yeah, there was a connection between Lloyd Kaufman and Rocky. Cause I'd, I'd heard yeah. anecdotally like a couple of weeks ago that, Stromer cut their movies on the same machine that Rocky was cut on. Oh, wow. So I did like Lloyd Kaufman kind of like just put it in the back of a van one day and kind of take it back to uh, the New Jersey. day job. <laughs> yeah. It's just listed as pre, pre-production supervisor, so I don't entirely know what that entails. But uh... Yeah, because apparently John John Waters was going to... Waters, sorry, was going to... Oh, I think he was gonna pink flamingos. So he was gonna do it through trauma, and then he saw wow. their editing rig, and apparently it was so 
like it was already like a decade old and he was like i i no we can't i can't do this so like i've got to i've got to go somewhere with a better better setup <laughs> the person that made pink flamingos turns down your editing rig you need a new <laughs> editing rig ah uh, no thanks that needs to be a bit more professional <laughs> <laughs> the movie where they literally somebody literally eats a dog shit for the and they just actually edit it yeah. for the film and oh no the editing rig isn't good enough <laughs> Uh, if you're going to edit, you're going to eat dog shit. You want that very well done. Oh, yeah. you got to capture that moment. Um, so, yeah, obviously Melvin is is mopping up. Um, just be, being a nuisance, it seems. Well, that's not very fair to him, but mopping people's faces. But loads of people are necking on in the old... Uh, <laughs> in the what old... a health club to be a member of. Tell you what. <laughs> it's horrific. It's horrific. Like I stressed enough going into like gyms and health, health clubs, I think. But Imagine just walking into. I just t- turn and leave. You know, hopefully you could get like a, a week's a week's pass or something. You don't have to sign a long term contract because my god, I would not want. Yeah, you'd never get past be... the free tr- the free weekend, would you? Um, no. Yeah, you I mean, regular health clubs in this country. The worst about to deal with is men men using the hair dryers to dry themselves off with, just standing naked <laughs> in the showers. Yeah, they yeah, slightly less that's... eccentric than all of the characters you'd meet at the Tromaville Health Club. Only slightly less, yeah, exactly. I... Is is that a thing? I've, I've never heard of it. It's been yeah. it's been a while. That it was. It's usually uh, it's usually older, older gentlemen, older gentlemen who maybe have uh, more pubic hair, possibly that feel like they need to take a, a <laughs> take a, a hair dryer to it rather than just give it a standard towel. Yeah. I think what it is own. like got the communal hairdryers. Oh, I'm just gonna give myself a little blast. My skin's a bit too sensitive to actually towel dry this shit. Yeah, what you want to do is just I like to face a corner when I'm in when I'm in a changing room like that. <laughs> like don't look at the in the eye. <laughs> exactly like the end of the Blair Witch, and then someone just bludgeons me to death. I uh, just like that we we all got so caught up on on kind of like. Um... The etiquette of using a hairdryer down there, but we miss the fact that Andy just casually dropped that he lived in another country, like an international man of mystery. He's everywhere. lived in many countries. He's lived in Korea. Was it Poland? Good one. Where yeah. else? Yeah, good Korea, Poland. Um, yeah. I reckon secret. There is a there's a John Wick scenario going going down here. I reckon. Yeah, pay for everything with an inexplic- inexplicable currency of golden coins. <laughs> um, Kill people with yeah. a pencil. You're just chucking like golden uh, chocolate coins at every border, every border guard you meet. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing? You don't need to see my paperwork. Here we go. Um, yeah, that was that was the that was a hive of people uh, um, drying them drying their bodies with a hairdryer thing. I'm not sure if it was a if it's exclusive to that country. I have not observed it in this country, but I've not been a member of a gym here. It's less affordable. I've um, observed it in this country. Yeah, but yeah, there we go. So. The, all those people, though, far less eccentric than the folks that you get only slightly than at a Tromaville-related health club. Yeah, um, it's fairly realistic. So, yeah, after causing them a minor bit of inconvenience, the guys, the baddies, I mean, they do pause to have a little bit of sex in the changing rooms and to quickly look at an orgy of evidence to prove that they are the hit-and-run killers that are plaguing the town because they've literally mm. been keeping the newspaper clippings. Jesus. Yeah, um, so they they kind of like they've got the gym to themselves for the night. Uh, who is it? Is it Slug and Slug and Julie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Melvin's still there, you know, because it's his job, it's his place of work. Let him exist, will you? But no, he sees them having sex, and uh, 
What does he do? Laugh. So, he laughs at it. Gorms at him for a little bit. Doesn't standard, he? standard la- Gorman laugh. Yeah, um, even for a, even for like a, an eighties like high school uh, like victim, if you will, Melvin's got massively sim. He's got a massively sympathetic character. Like when you just yeah. see him kind of like, as you say, gorming on this couple, kind of having sex. Like gorming, and when he's away. like, when he's like propositioned for sex with someone who's clearly treated him like utter shit throughout the direct duration of the film so far he's like yeah i'll do it yeah i'll get involved uh wear a pink tutu yeah why not i suppose <laughs> let's do it uh, also did you notice when during during this during the sex scene when um when melvin was like gorman over them she had a knife ready to go <laughs> like she looked yeah. up and she had a knife ready to threaten him with like immediately to hand that's what I like to do when I'm in any sort of uh, intimate scenario. Just have a knife ready to go in case anyone walks in. <laughs> you, you say that. Uh, protection, <laughs> as they say. Exactly, yeah. Genuinely, <laughs> secondhand, I've heard a story of that happening to a person at a house party. I won't go into any details to, to Is protect. this in Poland as well? No, this was a UK story, but this I won't go into full details to protect the identities of the innocent, but... My friend was staying at someone's house after a night out. Um, he didn't know particularly well. And then sort of yes. in the middle of the night, slightly drunk, wandered out to go to the bathroom. The house party had continued. The room he was sleeping, he sort of got up, wandered around to see what was going on because there was still there. And then he walked into this room where these two people were having sex. One of them grabbed a knife and pointed at get out. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. What, like a butter knife? <laughs> I didn't. Switchblade? <laughs> What's going on? I am, I'm imagining Switchblade. Um, but yeah, yeah, Julie's straight on with their to to get out, but then they hatch a plan to get their revenge on him um, for, for annoying them. Yeah, then, so then, then they go, we get to see them going off and exacting the, the crimes of murdering people yeah. in their car. This is, I think this the is way. the first bit where you know the type of film that you're in for, right? Because you see this little boy said, hey, go out, be careful out on your bike. I will, sis. See you later. First, right. First of all, it's real life Carmageddon. Second of all, why is the kid going out riding his bike at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or whatever? It's just like, make sure you wear your helmet. Don't worry about lights or any sort of reflective items on your bike or person. Just get out and have fun. Get out and have a good time. I've got to get ride. In, see you in a bit. Dressed as a spaceman. <laughs> Get the miles in, yeah, and then obviously the the criminals start running through the list of point scoring systems. Um, they do seem to have some people that they won't go for, which seem to include dogs, um, prams. Uh, but oh, I thought that I thought that was a, I thought that was a checklist. Was it a checklist? Well, I was going for the. It, it was like some things that given, were crossed off. You've given them far more. <laughs> but a benefit of doubt than I. Well, I've given them more of a benefit of doubt than you do. Like, oh no, um, they've got limits. I'll never do that. But yeah, of course, kids under twelve. Um, but you got to kill them. You know, it's not we're not can't graze them. Uh, they're all swigging Jack Daniels as well when they're doing it. Um, and that's when they see the kid and decide to 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 run him down. In, you know, I kind of thought it wasn't going to be that brutal, but it was horrific. <laughs> Knock him over and then reverse over his head. And they use the melon, I think, for the effect, and it just just bursts under the tire. Yeah, I mean, it's surprisingly, like the... yeah, surprisingly yeah. effective head head splatter for, you know, this wasn't like high end prosthetics, and yeah, it did it did look pretty good. 
Weirdly I common like the... to use melons for head explosions for some reason. The famous head explosion in Scanners was a yeah, really a melon full 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 of like sheep's guts and all and, and, or apple cores and all sorts of crap, and then you just wow. fired a shotgun at it. Melons and heads, apparently. There we go. A lot more in common than than we'd even think. And also the like post act like murder. Like looks really convincing as well, but the fact that he's like crawling along and he's, like, he's not dead, you're gonna have to reverse and go and take him. Only get half points, and if you don't, and then the, and, and both the women jump out and take Polaroids. And of course, because you're in a, you're in a pre-mobile phone world, so you've got to take come out with your full-on SLRs. <laughs> <laughs> how how have they managed to all find each other in this town of Tro- of Troma- <laughs> Tromaville? They've all managed to find like a group of people who like murdering children and taking photos yes. of it. I feel no like it would never about, come up in no conversation. You could share that as an interest. Now, then, back then, you'd have to actually bring it up in conversations. Um, sure, they meet at that dodgy gym. Yeah, when, mo- when most quite, people are into something. It's actually quite rewarding to see just two, two, you know, Hollywood relationships where everybody's on the same page. Like everyone, you know, it's, it's actually really nice to see people whose interests align, just kind of enjoying each other's work. That's true. But at the first enjoying it a of... great deal. Like, um, is it? Julie in particular gets off on looking at those photos. Yeah, and but of course, well, this comes later, so I won't, I won't spoil spoil it at this stage. But yeah, the next thing they do is hatch a plan to essentially um, humiliate Melvin, which is quite it's, it's it's not as intense as the as the crimes they have been committing. You know, they're literally just going to dress him up in a tutu um, and try to set it up so that. I think it's Julie, isn't make it? Him, make him hug a sheep. Yeah, so Julie sets out like, oh, I want you to come and meet me in, in the pool. Uh, we're going to get it on, and then we're going to have a lovely dip afterwards. And Melvin, um, I say bless his heart, but you know, he goes along with it. Goes along wearing the pink tutu. This is sissy stuff! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I really like that. And we don't kink shame here, okay? So the fact that I'm into that, you should you should understand. Um I think I wearing a pink tutu would be the least kinky thing anyone in Tromaville has ever done. Yeah. Well, I say yeah, but you know, I can I can imagine. How do they get so they managed to get that sheep and get Melvin to hug the sheep with but he's surrounded by literally everyone who's got a membership to that health club. Yeah, the gym is absolutely packed out to the rafters. I imagine in a scene but they've all got like Buffalo Bill's night vision goggles on to just step <laughs> quietly out of his way. But this is some the, amazing is, facial hair in that crowd as well. This some is the wonderful like mustaches. the whole thing is like it's like a caricature of a real scene because we know how this scene is meant to play out. Like it's meant to be, you know, the door's meant to fling open, and then there's like five people like laughing. But instead, yeah. as you said, it's like two hundred people like <laughs> who are who are within touching distance of him. And like, a sheep in a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh obviously, so he's humiliated of course um and then what kind of happens is he, he says he gets chased around and before he ends up jumping out of the window but what are they doing to him and he kind of just, kind of just, just like, laughing in his just, face isn't they? just kind of like jeering him like way and he Wee! gets so embarrassed he dives out the window but unfortunately for them some people who were delivering some toxic waste have parked up outside the window to do a shitloads of do a shitload of coke in a scene that you know years <laughs> later now reminds me of an Auntie Donna sketch where they're literally covered in cocaine oh, over God. their faces. Haven't you done well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he 
It's the fact <laughs> that they just like park up and then instantly just pull out like just bags and they're just like sticking their entire <laughs> face to the point where like they're just covered in it, like absolutely smeared in it. And like the <laughs> the, the general public have the weirdest reaction. They kind of all faking it. Just he's faking it, yeah. He's faking it. Those massive welts appearing on his arms and face. He's faking it. He just wants attention, all right? <laughs> what? So supposedly it's a joke among people in New York and upstate New York and that part of America that New Jersey is apparently famously full of pollution and toxic chemicals and stuff. Apparently it's a big, oh, okay. like, you know, it's like a joke, like we say, you know, too many sheep in whales or whatever, you know, apparently up in too New much York. Too waste. Say, yeah, apparently there's, the, I don't even know, maybe there's basis for it, I don't know, but apparently there's a joke in sort of that uh, sort of part of America where just New Jersey is all toxic waste. So I think the fact that everybody's like acting nonplussed about all this is kind of, you know, trauma is, I think, New York based. So they're, you know, and it's New Jersey's first ever superhero, of course, he's toxic powered and all of that. <laughs> There is this slightly weird disconnect, though, because there's this brief moment where, like, he is, as you say, like, writhing on the floor, screaming, where, like, <laughs> like acidic steam is rising off his body. He's got these great big, like, green boils building up on his arms. And, like, I forget, I forget the character's name, but it's one of the two, like, leading, like, evil women. And, mm. and she's like, hey, I don't think he's faking. I think he's really in trouble. And it's like, in the previous scene, you were taking close-up Polaroids of like a kid's crushed head. Like, why would you care? <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is my limit. And then I love the piece this here where the policeman comes and says, "Hey, you kids, get out of here!" And then he goes to like touch him, and the policeman's hands catch fire. Yeah. But when when um, Melvin like runs down the street, literally on fire as well. Like it is. It is insane. And the fact that he just goes home into his bathroom. <laughs> and his mom's like, Melvin. Today, Melvin, are you okay? In there? She was annoying me, going on at him. Leave him alone. And she's like, he's finally, started, he's finally started puberty. How old is this supposed to be? I'll tell you what, though. For 24. a film, again, we got these films where, um, you know, not the greatest budget, but some good practical effect work here. You know, his hair coming off, this is in the bath, and like the arms swelling up, obviously the classic effect where you've got, I guess, I guess what, a latex skin that you blow bubbles underneath? Like, yeah, it's like bladders that you blow bladders, air yeah. into and stuff. It's yeah, good. I, I was actually surprised at how, with that big asterisk floating over it, like how good it looked, actually. Mm. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it's quite impressive, actually. Yeah, I've seen people with more money do worse stuff. Yeah. What puts me in mind of like Screaming Mad George, like Guyver or Elm Street 4 and stuff like that. It's It's got that like um, sort of visceral, gory, but practical kind of thing to it. And that I, I don't know what my point is. No, <laughs> no, no. no. It's, <laughs> I think even like a bad, like even like a, a less than good physical effect, the fact that it's real, and you just know it's happening on camera. Like it does add, yeah. it adds a certain something to it. Yeah, you could spend a lot more in the modern age on CG that you would have spent an awful lot on, which is not nearly as effective as, the, as that can be now. Even, you know, what, 39 years later, um, it holds up to a degree. I think it's it's good. And it is like, it has the effect of like, you think, oh, 
that's horrible. This horrible thing is happening to this guy's arm and it works. Because you can imagine that as well. I think it also taps into that official fear. You can imagine something got, having gone wrong with you, like don't tend in a bottle, big jar of imac or whatever. And I think reaching up and having like a big load of hair come, come away just, or that type of thing happening to you. It's just like a lot of the transfer, transformative scenes in like pop, in like popular superhero movies, like for example, like Spider Man just waking up. Um, I'm thinking, talking more movie than comics at the moment, you know, waking up and realizing his eyesight has changed and that he can. I'm absolutely ripped to shit and don't need glasses anymore. I'm absolutely ripped, I am. And then Aunt May trying to come in to, I don't know, give him a sausage roll or something, and he's just like, get out of here. It kind of reminds (laughs) me of that. It kind of reminds me of that in a way. Peter, your sausage roll's ready. This is such an American Such an American snacks hot dog. Whatever they call it, all right? Um, I got it from the Greg's next door. I got it from this new Greg's place next door. They'd call it Craig, wouldn't they? (laughs) Craig's. Craig's. But obviously he's in tremendous pain as well, Paul. Poor Melvin. It's come incredibly sharp, and he thinks I'll just get into a lovely, I'm assuming, ice cold bath to to just sort a myself lovely out. Bath. You're a bit sore after a long day. That's nothing, nothing, nothing better. He gets into that bath. How how I would get into a bath that I've run too hot and I'm lowering myself in, but trying to persevere with it. But then as soon as I get to the testicles. Game over. So I, then I have to retreat out of the bath, awkwardly stand at the side of the bath while I add cold to it, and then you got to go up to the um the the, the blow dryer thing and yeah, got to get yourself. Oh, I got no pubes. Right, it's fine. Imact a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's obviously in terrible pain, and it changes him. He def- he he becomes a hideously deformed mutant, but he's got superhuman size and strength. And um, it changes him. It changes his personality as well, doesn't it? Gives him a gives him a cooler voice. Gives him a very sultry baritone. All of a sultry sudden. baritone, but also yeah. he's just much. He just carries himself much better, doesn't he? He's not like this is sissy stuff. <laughs> he's <laughs> that wouldn't come out because he keeps the he keeps the like uh, burned and like singed tutu on as well, doesn't he? he doesn't change out of it, which I think is. Is actually he's wearing wearing with pride this it's just this his badge outfit of honor. now, but he kind just of iconic onto him. He kind of wanders off into the wilderness at first, and we don't know what's become of him. And then we first see him again um, when we meet some of my favourite bit players here. The Fantastic. the aforementioned cigar face is talking about, hey, if this policeman doesn't take the money from the boss, then we'll kill him. Hey, we're gonna give Oh Clancy this wad. Oh Clancy. <laughs> Oh, Clancy. And he's just walking along, literally, like, <laughs> with like a nightstick. And just, it's just so ridiculous. But I love it. Like a big play on, like, what Chief O'Hara from, like, yeah. the, like the 60s Batman, like an Irish policeman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Faith and Bagara. It's a, it's a toxic, toxic Avenger. <laughs> so, so good. And there's several parts with this character. It's like later on, seeing reading, like, the Irish Times. Just at the at the cafe, um, so they try to bribe him. He's having none of it. So, um, Cigarface and his uh, co henchman, Nipples and Knuckles, uh, yeah, are set into it, and they're giving they're giving Officer Clancy a beating. Um, oh no, they're preparing to castrate to castrate him. There we go. Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a jump, isn't it? Like we're just going to beat him up, and then we're going to castrate him. 
Um, but obviously, in in a lot of these early um, scenes, we don't see the Toxic Avengers face, do we? Uh, remarkable restraint by modern film going scandics. Like, I don't think you see his face for like 20, 20 minutes or so, like post transformation. Mm, it's not yeah, a long a movie. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> the bit that made me laugh is obviously he he bat, he he batters a life out of them all, right? But the bit where he's putting Scarface in the bin and like punching his nuts, and yeah. then the police officer like goes. Oh, and holds his own nuts. That was great. I, I think like that. a big. I mean, what what Toxie has gathered here is he's got a big. Um, I think what what school of martial arts has he learned, which is like the Popeye the Sailorman's style Ripping of fighting. Off. You know, with his yeah, yeah, like the speed bag punching of the face, and then great shooking stuff. someone into a barrel or. Just doing a big uppercut on someone and sending them flying. My uh, my kind of first outright outright just be- shameful belly laugh of the of the movie was <laughs> I don't know if it's nipples or knuckles, but when he pokes them in the eye and just oh. takes both their eyeballs out, and the way it's cut <laughs> is so quick and brutal that like, I was I was honestly pissing. Me. I was quite ashamed of myself. I like, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot funnier than it had any right to be. So two two of them escape, nipples and knuckles, but cigar no, sorry, cigar face escapes. The other two um are dead. Fortunately, also, we do lose them here. There, yeah. there isn't much mop action, is there really? For considering like the like, post Yeah, reclaims his iconic mop at the end of at the end of the fight, I think. I think he find, finds one. Okay. I mean, leave I mean, a mop like, on their mo- face is like a calling card. Yeah, he must find a few. Yeah. I think he stuffs yeah. mops in their mouths, the ones that he's killed. That's yeah, cigar face does escape. Um, and then Melvin goes home, um, and I think he just says, "Mom, let me in, it's me." Uh, but she won't let him in the house because so he, he moves to the junkyard and built himself a lovely house there quite quickly. <laughs> really, quite insane. tidies up nicely. This is insane. Where, where do you get a print? Where do you get a picture of his mum printed off? You know, <laughs> maybe there was one at the junkyard that had been thrown out previously. <laughs> yeah, he just builds his house and just like as a little kip on a on a little mattress um, in the junkyard. And then I think it's established that this junkyard is where all of the toxic waste is being taken and just slung there by the, uh, obviously the mayor and all of the other big wigs as well are all in charge of that. But yeah, he starts to get press. He starts attacking um, criminals and and bad folks. And he starts to get press as the monster hero, uh, the toxic Avenger. And, you know, he's, all over the news, all over the all over the newspapers, and he's held as a he's held as a hero, and every he's got like a bit of a cult following as well. Yeah, like everyone pretty quickly, like the general populace, like everybody pretty quickly is on board with him. Like it, it, it's quite an inversion of what you're expecting, especially when like it's not just that like he's he's like apprehending criminals outside the law. He's like eviscerating them, like he's ripping he's he's ripping yeah. them apart. Uh, and everyone, everyone kind of loves it, and and we get this little montage where it's like, yeah, everyone's on board, but also like crime in general is way down. Yeah. This is the thing; like, it suggests that some people are getting arrested. They said like the prisons are now like the prisons are overflowing. Yeah, so some people are surviving. Uh, but also, he says like people are moving into the area. Like it's so safe that people are moving into the area. <laughs> new. 
want to stay in this toxic the toxic crusader like protected locations yeah you you don't get the uh uh, the the sort of usual tv controversy scene you know it's it's not Zack snyder's toxic avenger no (laughs) it's not his mom's not called martha junko (laughs) (laughs) but even to even to like riff on spider-man again like there's no press where they like go. I know there was a bit later on when they say like, "Is he a menace?" or what do they say? "Is he a menace or something else?" And it was definitely a menace. But there's menace none of or that. A miracle, no, I think menace or a miracle. Yeah, but there's no like fight back from the press or or people who live in the town, especially like because he looks the way he does as well. You'd expect there to be some sort of pushback against him, but there's not. Everyone's well on board with the Toxic Avenger, apart from. Mm-hmm. The note, but I'd say the only notable person who's really against it, which is the mayor, um, who <laughs> there's no intrigue, like there's no like let's string this out, like is the mayor a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah. It's literally like he's ruining business, like he's killing all our <laughs> drug dealers. He's um, they were it, some it, of our best. Cigar Face was one of my best guys. <laughs> he like straight up admits to being a criminal, so like with a lot of time with characters like this, they might be like. I'm not a criminal. I'm just doing what's in the best interests of this or that. But he just straight up says he's getting all the criminals. Well, except us. <laughs> he just admits to being. If a we criminal. don't stop him before too long, he'll come for us as well. He'll kill us <laughs> with his and... openly Nazi uh, police chief. Oh yeah, Nazi yeah, police that... chief. That was laugh number two. Like I should have <laughs> laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like, um, and, and we've already, and we've established, like, because I, I guess like basic screenwriting dictates that every scene, like the per, every moment you film, should drive the plot forward. And it's nice to know that trauma in an avant-garde kind of way, I've just thrown that out the window because it's like we establish that like the mayor is a drug dealing criminal, and then we get a follow-up scene where he's kind of in like a strip club, but he's also kind of like his office. And just yeah. a, guy, a guy like casually going like, uh, so it's uh, it's okay for us to like uh, dump all that extra toxic waste here. He goes, I don't know. Won't that mean that the largest toxic waste dump in the country is like right next to a like a hab- inhabited area? So what? You know, and they, like, and they <laughs> all just laugh. They all laugh. Oh, it's so yeah. It's it's absurd. And between this and then the various visits that. Toxie appears to have to the health club to get his revenge in separate on separate occasions. I wonder if this film was just shot sequentially. Maybe this um ancient video technology had just meant that they just they just released this film in the order that they shot it. <laughs> You're right, because yeah. he, he repeatedly just walks in, murders somebody, leaves, does a thing, comes back again, murders but- someone. Business is still thriving. Like <laughs> it's going great. Yeah. There's no question yeah, marks comes, about whether these people are three or four times. There's no question marks about whether these people are good guys or bad guys either. Everyone just accepts that they're bad people. There's no like court of law or anything. Like the know. drug de- the drug dealer gets his head smashed. I know we're skipped a little bit here, but the drug dealer gets his head smashed. Literally in an isolated incident, Toxie walks in there. Everyone in the gym is afraid, apart from <laughs> the, ma- the the evil man who's been selling drugs to people who's will not be interrupted from doing his weights. He just gets smashed by them, gets his head crushed. Um I know I know we're kind of like I say like we're 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 playing fast and loose with the plot, but I, I think this is this is just for film. Like this is what it's like. It's like a lot of kind of it's like a mixtape. Um Most definitely, kinda, yeah. somewhere while we're seeing kind of like 
the growth of Toxie's career as a crime fighter, we get possibly the great, the greatest restaurant themed superhero fight we've perhaps ever experienced. Oh, and yeah. I, I know no, this no. was like something that Sam, Sam, you were like, like the soap, like we like we have to reference this in the game, like this the is Mexican big... place, yeah, as the shot as it's called, yeah, because well, I was also because. Yeah, you know, a lot of people have made comparisons to um, uh, uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge, and stuff, and uh, you know those those are very flattering. But at the, the, at the core of Toxic Crusaders, it's very Streets of Rage, uh, uh, Streets of Rage, a bit of Final Fight, all of that. And I was just like, in Streets of Rage, you go through the streets, and and then you go into a club, or like, like a bar slash club, and you have fights in the bar, and then you go out the back of the bar and fight the you know head on show and that. And I was like. The bar has to be the Mexican place. Right, we're in Tromaville. We have to go to the Mexican place. So yeah, this this next scene in the movie was uh, something we had to. Oh, when wow. you think about this scene, well, we'll we'll talk about the scene now, obviously. But when you think about, I I you know one of the first tasks was John. We're going to adapt this scene specifically to a children's cartoon. So uh, yeah. How about this scene? Let's talk about this how? scene. Yeah, so, so First good. All, to... How? I'm assuming you couldn't point shotguns at babies. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming you couldn't murder dogs either. Yeah, well, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want spoilers. It's, it's an interesting thing to go to, though, right? Because you think about the... Um, you go again when when people made uh, your kids versions of Robocop and whatnot. It's like we can work this in. You know, Mayor Belgody became Mayor Grody, and he's again he's working for the bad guys and not bothered about it. But it's just a cartoon kid friendly version. You know, there's not drug dealers. And similarly, um, we've got Frank, Leroy, and Rico smashing up the Mexican place. They just don't happen to be sexually assaulting any women. Okay. You know. Okay. Um, we have well let's should we should we talk about the actual scene in the film yeah so we're in a mexican restaurant and then you say sam throw me those names again i've i've blanked everyone after cigar face is frank rico and leroy okay they announce themselves to everybody as well they do do an announcement like almost if it's like a band coming in and introduce them as tonight on the shotgun yeah it's such a good scene Mm. and i tell you what for a film that you know people might say that you know you don't got you know great actors in this film these guys are acting the shit out of this particularly the oh, face yeah. painted man with the shotgun 100 yeah is that uh, leroy, yeah. is that leroy yeah. yeah oh my god yeah like the most like jack of hearts looking looking guy you've seen like uh, i i was actually like genuinely surprised at how like i don't know it's not it's not like it's not one of the John Wick movies in terms of choreography, but like they're going for it. Like you know, some, they're throwing some pretty decent like kicks and stuff at one point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They are. I mean, thankfully as well, um, as all good Mexican restaurants, it does have samurai swords on the wall that will come in. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> ready to go uh, as well. I enjoyed everybody, like the members of staff as well. Um, obviously, the, there's a great moment where one of the guys just intervenes and says um why don't you leave why don't you leave everybody alone just take me as a just take me as a hostage and just let everyone go and he just blows him away <laughs> leroy just shoots him and it's it's horrific everyone's screaming all of the all of the members of staff like behind like in the kitchen and stuff just all just gulping up 
Um, oh, it was great. What got me from it. that scene, Ben, with the, you know, just take me in the shooting, it, when, when it's framed up and that guy is standing there in front of, um, you know, just this latticed wall, it's yeah. a bit like, you know, when just going to the animation um, limitations of the time, you know, when you used to watch like an old Scooby-Doo movie and it's like, that isn't that that piece of scenery is a slightly yeah. obviously on a different cell from that one. So I know you're going to interact you know with coming that. There. Well, like That's in any it. game where a piece of the wall is a different color to the rest, yeah. when you're just yeah. like, do I interact with this or? Yeah, so it's exactly that. As soon as you stood up, look at that thing that a stuntman could basically be thrown through. Um, and again, like you get blasted away by this um, shotgun. And then it's not that in in a lesser film that didn't have the convictions of a trauma movie, that person would be shot and they'd crash through that wall and they'd be gone, right? You'd see them get shot and it'd be like, okay, that's violent enough. But this is a trauma movie we don't fuck about. So what happens is he gets blasted through this wall with a shotgun, but then is still completely visible and proceeds to like do his death twitching yeah. <laughs> while blood is, pumps from his wound. It's effective. Yeah, pretty brutal. The pe- people that have played that played the Toxic Crusaders demo at PAX will tell you that uh, that latticed wall uh, actually in the game, uh, it's Frank's introduction is that he appears that that, that lattice wall is there and it blocks oh, you from wow. getting any further and it gets just smashed down by Frank doing a big kick and then he comes. <laughs> oh, amazing. And, you know, an observation about that scene that we made, it's a funny thing that you... Um, that you mentioned about the editing, you know, how did they edit this? Because we noticed that, see, Frank in that scene, um, Toxie rips his arm right off. Right? So so obviously the actor's wearing a fake arm and Toxie just tears it straight off. Uh, it hits him over the head with a bloody end, right? But um, the weirdest thing is that, you know, normally what you would do, you would, when it comes to the time to bake the shot where the arm is ripped off, then you would attach the fake arm, right? And then you start rolling. But weirdly, throughout the entire scene, Frank's actor is wearing the fake arm and he never oh, uses really? that arm. Yeah, he never he's got this I fake never arm noticed that. for the whole scene. And I don't oh, know wow. why they didn't think to just use it just for the shot. Maybe there, maybe there's a reason, you know, maybe setting it up is difficult. I don't know. But so for in the game, <laughs> we've made it so that Frank never uses one. I said to Karen, like, are they getting the actor to hold the camera or something there? Can he not, can he not do it? So yeah, mate, he does and... everything with one-handed, and so that's what we've done in the game. He uses one hand and one leg to attack. This other arm is just always flat down behind him like that. It's like... Oh, in the game as well? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we've amazing. animated we've every amazing. attack and every animation. That arm just hangs down in the game, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> phenomenal. I've got to say, like, some of the... Uh... Like that, obviously, like a guide dog gets shot in this scene, which is which is fine. But don't worry, folks, because when we cut to the dead body of a dog, it is still breathing despite <laughs> having uh, yeah, uh, kind of like gore all over it. Um, got a good dog to lie still for a bit, but obviously can't, <laughs> can't train the dog to hold its breath. <laughs> I like. Um, I, I was very impressed at the ice creams. Uh, a couple of a couple of the more elaborate uh deaths we get uh when uh 
Leroy and Rico have to get their kebabs, which happens in the kitchen area of a restaurant. We get um, Leroy is being choked on his back on the countertop, and so Toxie fills his mouth with milk, two scoops of ice cream, chocolate sauce, whipped cream, <laughs> and then sticks his head under like a mixer uh, to kind puts of finish him, in the him off. Flurry machine to mix up his insides. And then he kind of... like they throw him onto the ground at one point and he had like sort of tortillas on him and then it cut and then he had taco shells on him. <laughs> went, That's not good enough. We need we need something else. Check the taco shells on him as well. And then and then Rico uh Toxie uh pins his hands in a in like a a, a chip fryer cage oh, and man. then bends the metal of the deep fat fryer frame around him so that he's caught over the deep fat fryer and then lowers his arms into the fr- into the oil. When he's doing uh, that to him, he's like going, oh, we're only joking. It's fine. Don't worry. You literally just murdered someone. You just murdered us. It's we're just only a joking. prank, Please bro. Let me go. <laughs> just a prank. Oh, but those, those are inventive kills. Like, yeah, that's doing a lot with a little. Because... Uh, mm. Yeah, it kind of makes the the mass slaughter a bit more a bit more interesting. But uh, yeah, I can now say I've seen an ice cream themed uh, murder, which is fantastic. <laughs> it's phenomenal work. He's obviously an artist in his field. Um, it, do- it does take a dark turn, doesn't it, with uh, Frank trying to sexually assault Sarah um, after kill after killing her, di- her guide dog. And when everybody in the in the restaurant realizes what's about to happen, they all just scream. Don't they? They just go like this this is one step too far. Um but Toxie saves the day. Saves the day. And then he goes and meets Sarah, who um from the from the guide dog we know is blind. Um and therefore cannot be scared by his hideous appearance. Yeah, and because he's got a lovely voice as well, a lovely calming voice. Um he manages to lead her lead her outside and then leads her home you know i just say very quickly i this was shame shameful laugh the third is when <laughs> we get a brief scene where the police are investigating them the the they're, they're there at the uh the mexican place at the aftermath of, of of this very 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 brutal fight and uh every police officer who's investigating uh the the scene is eating is eating tacos. Is just eating tacos kind of... yeah. Are they all Free eating lunch? things from the thing? Because I've realised, doesn't Frank then get, even though he's already armless, doesn't he get shoved into a pizza oven? <laughs> so, like, one of the policemen is eating some tacos or nachos, and then someone else is having a, a like a thick shake by the guy that's been killed by the. And then the last guy, I've got a pizza with the works. They're all just eating <laughs> off the surface. Ah, yeah, oh, geez, Lou, how long are you going to have to keep drinking this thing of uh, the Simpsons? <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, the the cartoonish incompetence of the villains <laughs> is 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 remarkable. Uh yeah, so obviously Toxie takes Sarah back to her house, um, where they get to know each other. Um, she immediately says, Do you want anything to eat? Peanut butter and jelly, okay, that's fine. She's got a load of canes <laughs> knocking around, which she not. I mean, so she's only been blind for like two years because she had a, got into a car accident, didn't she? And I guess here, we're sort of the joke is this is her first time without a guide dog as well, so she that's why she's whacking Toxie in the balls accidentally with a stick. Oh, is this when she he wants she wants to feel his face to see what he looks like, and then yeah. classic the other side of 
of trauma. They're not not afraid of the sexual content either. So she feel doesn't want her to fill his face because he thinks she has he has acne. She says, "Oh, I'll feel your hands then. Oh, you've got lovely strong hands. Let me let me read your read your palm." She says, "Oh, you know, great things can happen to you. Let me read your other palm." And then she's like, "Oh." No, sorry, not your hand. Uh, so one, of, one of my favorite stupid little bits is that about Toxie throughout his voice, he's got this incredible, you know, uh, this this treacle-like voice, like this Morgan Freeman-esque voice. But in between talking, if he's like, if he's hurting people and he's, he's he grunts, he's got this monster sound, you know, it's just all these noises. And this is great where she just she grabs and she, she accidentally grabs his junk and it's just this. <laughs> <laughs> So good and quite an extensive, like sex scene as well, right? <laughs> Although he does seem to be fully clothed for the duration of it, so he's clearly just unzipped or something. <laughs> well, we get we get the we eventually get the the kind of crotchless tutu. Yeah, we 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 get the loving like we get we get the fast track of their relationship, don't we? Like through a through a montage with a rocking rocking soundtrack, I have to say, where. <laughs> They move in together. He doesn't. He uh, he invites her to his home in the in the in the in the junk in the in the waste dump, and uh, mm. they do at the house. And yeah, it, it, it's sweet in a in a trashy, awful kind of way. Yeah, he just mostly their relationship. He brings her flowers between eliminating more villains. Um, put up a photo oh, yeah. of Gary the guide dog in their in the home that they <laughs> made together. So yeah, they conti- he continues to like fight crime. Essentially, there's like a pimp and the underage prostitute. Um, and when he attacks him, he goes, "Hey guys, help me out!" And about fifteen guys come so out. So good. All those so many guys coming out of that limo. So many flat caps as well. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, and then like he, I guess, I guess finally, but it kind of just as it been happening throughout the film, takes revenge on the four the four main tormentors this is where i feel like this is it feels like one scene that they have they've split into sections because it's it comes between other adventures so Mm. the first one he gets wonder she is um she's in the sauna having a look at her hit and run hit and run uh photos mazzing off over those (laughs) um mazzing off yeah. I was like, Andy's going to approach this delicately. He's a professional. He's, <laughs> he he's got the right works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's having, having a wee maz over those uh, photos. Oh, comes, and, I mean, do we know that he definitely kills her? I know that he burns a bum on no, the... he just burns uh, a bum because she turns up at the police station later. Oh, um, does she? He just burns her ass on, the, on the heater. Um and then later in the club is when he sort of like chases Julie down into this horrible basement, which is labelled exit. <laughs> yeah, and gives her gives her a haircut. Um, yeah, because they both end up at the police station, don't they? One with like a burnt ass, one with a bald head, um, and they're blaming each other, saying they never wanted anything to do with the hit and run killings. It, they they've been coerced into it. Um, yeah, and how does he take down the other two? In Bozo and Slug. It's a dramatic irony in a in a car. Oh yeah, he, uh, yeah. He, uh, he, oh yeah, they he, steal uh, the car from the old lady. Oh my <laughs> do wanna, god! Yeah. Do you want to help with this? Do you want to help with these groceries? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. And then batter. <laughs> and do you want to punch in the old tummy instead? <laughs> and then batter of a walking stick. <laughs> oh wow! Sorry. Yeah, and then basically like uh, have an extended 
I was going to say car chase, but it's not a car chase. Like Toxie's on the roof, then he's in yeah. the car, and uh, yeah, just forcing him to go faster and faster and faster. Mm. Rips the wheel off, kind of gives it to Bozo, and uh, and then they they go off. Uh, they kind of go off a cliff, don't they, or like a small a small hillock. <laughs> Yeah, in... they go off a hillock, a and then hillock. so they so the car, as as with all cars in films, having fallen off a hillock, it explodes, and then does Toxie just stay in there until the flames have died down, and then comes out? Is that ah? <laughs> yeah, it's like the closest you get to him being hurt, if you will, is that he he just kind of like as he as he climbs out of the wreckage, like you know, the two corpses next to him. You know, he just kind of dusks himself off, and like for a few steps, he's kind of waddling a bit, like he's a little kind of dazed, and then he just he's just back to his normal, normal business, really. <laughs> normal business and shoes. Um, and then there's a scene as well where Cigarface returns, um, so and they surround Melvin, Toxie, all ready to all ready to kill him, and you think this might be it, the game might be up, but no, he leaps out of the way, and all of the bad guys shoot each other. Yes, uh, great six like million the... dollar man moment, right? Where you just like six million dollar. Goes up into like a laundry chute or something, doesn't he? Yeah. He's kind of on like a fire escape, and we just get this brief oh, moment yeah. where they, they've all shot each other, and he's just on this fire escape, like <laughs> giving them the finger, like that. It's he's kind of leapt to safety, so they all shoot each other. Classic. I mean, there's a, school, moment. there's a school of thought. If you if you study kind of story structure, there's a school of thought that says uh, every every scene in a movie is a is a is a dramatic question that can only only when the question is answered can a scene be resolved. And um, <laughs> uh, I mean, really, the question was: could could Toxie leap to a fire escape and like flip them <laughs> off? And, and and yes, and 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 on on we go. The like, answer is yes. Um, and this is uh, this this bit. I mean, we've gone through this bit pretty fast, but. It it does almost play like a montage, right? This is just his because yeah. then we get this intercut with like spinning newspapers of like he's done it again. All saving cats out of trees and all that. And my, my particular favorite is just walking past this woman's window. She can't open a jar. He just leans into the window, opens the jar for her. <laughs> Sorted. Sorted. Thank you, Toxie. And it just does a little thumbs up. <laughs> You'd love someone like that in your community. <laughs> Hmm. Um, and not long after this sort of montage is, and um, while this montage is happening, the 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 mayor is also like making plans to <clears throat> to get rid of Toxie for good. Um, and yeah, it seems like Toxie takes things one step too far when he kills a seemingly innocent little old lady, um, in a dry cleaning store. Um, <laughs> as we mentioned before, throws her in the <laughs> throws her in the washing machine, and then like. What's that massive industrial ironing thing? What is that? Oh yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like it's just like a commercial iron. Yeah, what a big if, commercial what, iron. One of the best bits about that is, it's like like her her corpse is on this giant commercial iron, and then the owner comes back in. He's like, "Oh, what are you doing back there, Mrs. So and So? I've told you, know you before. No, you can't that, go back there. That's that's not for customers. <laughs> She's very clearly like, been ironed." <laughs> It's like she's done it before, because the way he says, you know you're not like <laughs> back there. <laughs> but this is where I think us as the audience are supposed to think for a second, maybe he's gone a bit wrong, because when he goes back to his house, the music and him, the like silhouette of him just like walking back in, and he scares Sarah as well, doesn't he? But um, 
you're kind of just like horrified at what he's become, I guess. And... I mean, the dramatic moment, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Is, is there a clone? Is there like a, a, an evil twin? Is the chameleon at yeah, it again? I was kind of thinking, yeah. What, what's no, going on? Has someone else he's... been toxified. Yeah. I thought, oh, has he got a brother? Like, who knows? Before... We, we did get a very brief moment earlier where a scientist, who I think it's called like Professor Snot burglar or something like oh, really like, yeah. got terribly phlegmy yeah and he's like uh oh yeah he, he says this weird scientific theory about how the monster may have developed like uh he he has to root out evil like he can't help himself that's why he he's only killing evil people uh and then he's just killed this seemingly innocent old woman so clearly something's off here believe the scientists though we could have learned a lesson from that um Tra- traumatons yeah, as it becomes this is spider sense and his traumatons. Was that did that come? Did they actually? I think they actually brought those up in the sequels, or was it made up for the cartoon? I, I don't recall. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I, know, I like, think it was in Toxie too. I, uh, yeah, and again, I I I avoided that one on on recommendation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in the cartoon, of course, he he uh, this sense of evil. He it's now just he'll get like a little flicker of lights around his body, but he's like, oh, something evil is happening somewhere. So yeah, that's his. As, as Sam said, that's his spidey sense, basically. He's got the same inherent mechanism as like a ghost rider, I guess. Then he can tell when there's evil nearby, and he must root it out. Um, but don't worry, that hasn't that hasn't gone on the blink um, because we find out in a scene with the mayor that oh, that old lady was quite big in the world of human trafficking. So um, <laughs> we mustn't let that get out because this is our opportunity to get him. To kill him, and they they. He also them. says he took when she's given the stained jeans to the uh to the dry cleaner dude. Says one of she it's quite weird how she words it because she says one of my son my son was taking one of his best girls out, and even then I was a bit like what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? And now it turns out she's the head of a human trafficking ring. Should have known. <laughs> Should have known. Um, yeah, and I guess now is kind of like the big finale. Yeah, so worried that he's going to go off the rails. Um, Toxie suggests to Sarah that they they go away somewhere where he can be far away from people and not like the Incredible Hulk going off to a wilderness. They literally just go to a nearby campsite off a nearby farm. Yeah, it's a um, five-minute walk from a co-op as yeah, well. Very... Just nip up the road <laughs> incognito in disguise. Um, yeah. Which meanwhile... is kind of weird in itself because they're already living on the dump. Like, like, no, nope. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's a famous dump. Um, yes, yeah, so we, this again, a lesser movie would not have shown just this one sided conversation with the mayor when he's on the phone. Hello, governor. <laughs> yeah, that? I had a similar idea actually. The National Guard, the National Guard, what that, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then the the mayor. The only thing the mayor doesn't get is that the governor wants to capture Toxie rather than hmm. than to and kill him. The mayor him. like tells everybody to essentially kill him, and they're like, "Oh, actually, we want to just capture him." And they're like, "Capture him dead!" <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> great. Um, but obviously, the people of Tremorville essentially refuse, don't they? Um, they all get together. I uh, great admiration for this scene where there's lots of like it's um so the office at the you know we we re meet our. Irish policeman, a load of kids that um, Toxie has in the montage oh, scene yeah. stopped we'll from being run over. Well. 
Uh, there is just like one of the kids. There's obviously there's two boys who are slightly older who obviously have lines and stuff. And then there is just I assume one of the crew's like little girls, like a kid of about what four, just sitting there eating an ice cream, nodding, and then gets picked up and carried off by some of the other kids. It's hilarious. <laughs> just uh, having a great time. I do love because we get this like you've basically got like the national guard rolling into Tromaville. And like, kind of seem be simultaneously like high effort and very lazy at the same time because it's like we get this crazy montage of like the whole town going like, oh the national guard, the national guard. Now this doesn't seem right. Like the monsters on our side, and and then I love this moment because like for a, like three seconds we get like the head of the national guard who we've we we've never met this guy. <laughs> we don't know anything about him. He just goes. I don't know about this. I think the locals seem to oh, really yeah. like him. And then and then we're and then we're on. Like blinking, you miss it. Move on to the next character. Yeah. So Melvin's mum arrives and identifies Toxie as her son as well, doesn't she? Yeah. She obviously learned in the in the scenes that, you know, in montages, she's gone from being very surprised when he first knocked at the door as a monster of superhuman size and strength to his, you know, she's obviously come to terms with it now. Um yeah. And we get a proper, like an I am Spartacus moment, I guess, where they all kind of stand between Toxie and the National Guard. Yeah. Um, you know that you're gonna have to go. You have to go through all of us. Yeah, and uh, the uh, our, our, everybody's favorite kind of Irish Irish cop is 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 the first to kind of break ranks, and he's like, "No, no, I won't do it. He's he's a good." <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's a good man. He's a hero. And then the National Guard, who I have to say have no emotional investment in this at all, are like, yeah, yeah, he know he's a good guy. I'm not going to do it. I'm we can't gonna... do it. What a Clancy says goes. All right. Um, and then Toxie thanks his friends, calmly steps up and then punches the mayor's guts out. Yeah, because yeah. the mayor's the only one who's like so steadfastly like, no, 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 we have to kill him, we have to kill him to the point where he whips out a pistol, and he, and he you know, he's waving it at Toxie, and um, yeah, as you, I've got, as you said, it's like, oh, you know, is there going to be some moral here? Is is Toxie going to like, uh, I don't know, like mend his his violent, brutal ways, and he's going to like, he's going to avenge evil, he's going to take down the bad guy, but he's not going to kill him. He's like, no, he's just gonna stick his arm into his gut, basically, yeah. and rip out a chunk of meat. It embowels the mayor in front of everybody. Everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> hooray! Got what he deserved. And, and then after he's done it, he's like, uh, you get that moment, which would be like the zinger in a classic like superhero movie, where he's like, Officer O'Clancy, like clean up this toxic waste or something, and and he's like, yeah, I will. And the mayor is just dead on the floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it just yeah it's just a, let's see if you've got any guts <laughs> and then um, that's it and then that's that's it it just like and then he continued if you're trying to commit crime in tromaville you better bloody watch out you better bloody watch out so that is it um for the toxic avenger i guess we should before we wrap up we should play some name game Andy, have you got any any name games? I got a couple for you right here, Ben. So, okay. John, so basically, Sam, I had... oh, go on, Ben. You, yeah, you yeah. explain. You do it better than I do. Oh, do I? Okay. Um, so basically, we'll give you the, a plot synopsis for a film that sounds very, very similar 
to the Toxic Avenger. And based on our clue, you have to work out what it's called. Um, it'll essentially rhyme with the Toxic Avenger. Sometimes, very loosely, but most of the time. With one example, you'll work out how it works. Uh, Andy, did you want to go first? Okay, have you got a quick synopsis for me, Ben, that we can... Yeah, sure. So the toxic, the toxic Avenger is born when meek mop boy Melvin falls into a vat of toxic waste. You've got to repeat that now, Andy. Okay, Um. so in this film, meek mop boy Melvin falls into a vat of vulpine excrement, um, giving him the powers to, to solve crime in Tromaville. The Fox Shit Avenger? The Fox Shit Avenger, very good. <laughs> okay, I'm with you now. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I go. feel like I'm on flat share slam down now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, have you got any, Ben? Yeah, so... Um, meek, meek. I can't. I just like, enjoy saying this. Meek, mild, mop boy. Meek, mild, meek, mop boy. Melvin <laughs> falls into a vat of toxic waste, landing directly on his lower back. Um, the 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 triangular bone that consists of three to five fused segments. Ouch, that hurts. Is it the coccyx Avenger? The coccyx <laughs> Avenger. It's the coccyx Avenger. Correct. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. I'll give you one more, Ben. So, um, Meek Mild Mop Boy Melvin uh, is <laughs> at an alternative music concert and he's just got himself a couple of beers and someone dancing about quite um, quite um, uncarefully knocks those beers over. So he dives into the area of this dancing and really kicks off. The something pit. Mosh no? pit. The Mosh Pit Avenger. Avenger. Oh, it's straight at the Mosh Pit. I was thinking. I was thinking too. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, Meek Mild Mop Boy Melvin uh, falls into a vat of canine vomit, <laughs> turning into the Cat Sick Avenger, the Dog Sick Avenger, rather the Dog Sick Avenger. <laughs> Correct. <It's a> cat Sick. <laughs> I think I'm looking at your cats, John. Yeah, have you got any more, Andy? Uh, no, 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 no more. Uh, can, 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 can I? Can, can Please. I offer one? Please. Of course you can. Most uh, definitely, we always encourage that. Uh, mild-mannered, malted mop boy Melvin, uh, <laughs> moves into a small, uh, maisonette uh house arrangement uh with 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 somebody and starts paying rent on it. Oh. The, 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 the is that just like a, a house but yeah a... like a smaller like i don't know maybe like i, I was i was running with the bed very good <laughs> the bed sit avenger i like that <laughs> oh. i ain't doing one <laughs> rhymezone.org forward slash toxic <laughs> as you've learned the, the rhymes have to be cursory at best We'll be playing yeah. this all I'll get text from you late at night saying I've got another one. <laughs> <laughs> it did take me a while to come up with those pretty poor efforts, to be fair. I was staring at staring at the page for a good twenty minutes. Uh, Actually there aren't many rhymes with Avenger, really. <laughs> no. No, exactly. Skip that off. Imagine how, how I mean, Sam, go back in this episode. Imagine the struggles we had when we did Skinner Marink. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were pretty good, weren't they? In the end. 
So I guess, yeah, we've got to rate the movie now. So um, standard A to F ratings include minus or plus if you if you have that Classic one. Classic schoolyard rankings. Classic schoolyard rankings. John seems like it's going to be a difficult, difficult process. Yeah, you mentally converting from stars. Oh, this completely, oh, my life. Like, how do you rate something like this? It completely defies. It's like from a completely different world, isn't it? Oh, my God. Um. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. I say, based on if you if you're rating something based on how well it does what it's set out to do, this is an A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, oh my god, yeah. I need like um, you know, like basically, like you know, you'll get like those grids now, and it's like you know, which way do you swing? Is it like left or right? And then now they do like they add an added dimension. We need like a, a three dimensional kind of <laughs> like. We need like a sort of a radar graph for for doing any kinds of ratings. Okay, this I... movie is uh, F to A, libertarian to authoritarian. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like okay, it, I'll, I'll I'll leap in and make a fool of myself. I feel like because I have to smash it onto one scale, and it's got to appeal to all humankind. <laughs> I think this is maybe a. C plus for humankind with <laughs> with with a massive asterisk where yeah, as is trauma tradition it, it might be a secret A plus kind of hiding. Mm. I think that's fair. I think I that think makes it's sense. Perfectly fair. Yeah. Yeah, this is an A for me. Straight A, yeah. I mean, I think as this is not only the first time I've seen this film, but the first time I've seen a trauma movie. Um I had a great time with it. I really enjoyed it. It was so ridiculous and over the top. And yeah, just like you, John, I had numerous belly laughs, some that I felt a little bit guilty of, but kind of like, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty about something you enjoy, should you? Um, I'd probably just go for a B, considering it's the first time I've seen it. And I currently don't have any like nostalgia towards it or any connection to it in any other way. Um, But of course, I'm sure that will grow once I enjoy more of the trauma movies and eventually play the toxic crusaders games yeah so Um, round it up then ben uh i'm gonna go a b plus for the reasons everyone else said i think unlike yourself i've got slightly more fond memories for it i've got i enjoyed this an awful lot watching it for this for this show here um i tend to try and rate things based on just how much i enjoyed them and whether i feel guilty for it or not i enjoyed (laughs) this quite a lot um and again objectively some stuff is bad but i just love it it's so much fun like it's a it's a an absolute delight to watch so a a b plus from me just before we wrap up though i wanted to get everyone's real quick take on it i'll try and get us to bed before midnight but um what are you guys feelings on the upcoming remake oh yeah of course big big uh audible shrugs um uh, it's uh, Peter Dinklage as yeah, that's correct. Now I'm not sure if that's just as Melvin or as Toxie as well. I don't it's know Toxie's the... voice. Or... Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd I mean, be yeah, go- it's a good I'd voice. be guessing the voice. Like if you're going for this kind of like melodious kind of, mm. yeah, surely that's gotta gotta be it. I think that yeah. a small person superhero would be amazing. 
I think it would be a, a good thing to do. Uh, and maybe not necessarily with this property, which is all about doing crazy over the top things. It might not be uh, the most positive thing for them. Uh, I I hope that they're not doing like in Mulholland Drive with um uh, the 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 small person from Twin Peaks where they put him in a big suit. <laughs> it's it's funny, isn't it? I I guess I, I I'm very like now like having gained an appreciation for the trauma stuff. I'm I'm interested in it. I want to see I want to see what they're doing with it. But it's kind of we we haven't seen anything like a. You know, we know we know the names attached, and they're all good names. But like, I'm I'm you know kind of cautiously excited. But I don't know, like everything we talked about, like all the messy, wonderful stuff that made you know kind of toxy, toxy. Like uh, I don't know, like do you how do you capture that? Like or I don't know. I hope they find some way to be anarchic, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what form that takes nowadays. But yeah, I'd like it if they had if it's got as long as it's got a sense of humor. That'll I'm always in. I'm always in favor of a uh, a new take on something. Like I, I'm I'm often a defender of remakes, even ones that don't live up to the original. Because as soon as you stop thinking of them as like a replacement of the original, it's just somebody else's take on it. And I quite enjoy seeing a new take on something. So I'm actually quite excited. Uh, but I also think that they do need to take into account what made the original special. That's the the you know I think that's the only time that a reboot really fails for me is if they. Kind of completely forget what made the original special. I mean, you look at things like Suspiria. They did a remake, which was so different, but such a, just a, a new take on it and stuff. So I'd love to see somebody else's take on Toxie, whatever that might be. Uh, even if it's a, a, you know, oh, Marvel is popular now. Let's make a family-friendly version. I mean, I was quite happy with the other family-friendly version of Toxie they made. So, yeah. Uh, but it would be nice if they, you know, are able to keep in mind what made the original special. And I know we didn't get a chance to touch on it. We touched on lots of other things, but I know that Toxic Avenger has spent and Toxic Crusaders have spent a long time basically shelled for comp competitive reasons, right? So someone who was publishing a, a competing property, is it the people that own Turtles? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, the, the rough idea of how it went. It's believed that um, they effectively saw this competition, bought it out, and shelved it. Effectively, like I don't know. This is this is this is what I've heard and what I've read. I don't know how. Uh, uh, John, you looked into that as well, or uh, to some extent. Like uh, most of it's kind of anecdotal, but it but it's also kind of like a narrative which you know Lloyd Kaufman has has been quite you know it, with his trademark humor has kind of been poking fun at for years. The idea that there was really only space for one toxic mutant themed environmentally conscious cartoon in the 90s and if i mean it's an alternate history we'll never get but potentially if toxic crusaders had gotten a second series who knows like maybe it genuinely could have been a rival to the turtles and yeah i think i i think uh it, in a weird way i've it's kind of why i've come to respect what troma do as weird and kind of messy as it is because like it's a score. I, I like that they're the underdogs, and I, and I think working on working on the property and working with these characters again, like I felt like that was the one thing we kind of had. You know, these characters didn't have, say, like um, you know, turtles level of kind of global domination, but what they had was a kind of a genuineness. Like they were they were stupid, but it was a stupidity you could own. 
with a kind of a heartfeltness to it. And I, I, I came to really like that. I came to really dig that. So I felt like they're silly characters, but we should never make fun of them because they're not, they, they are not the joke. They're, they're there to kind of like save the world in their own kind of daft little way. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I'm, I'm rambling a bit now, but like I felt that they didn't get their moment in the sun. So it's nice to kind of, it's finally treat them right to treat them fairly after all these years. So talk, talk of season two for what it's worth. And uh, uh, this has been said publicly, so I can, I can repeat it, but uh, Ryan uh, at RetroWare um, basically acquired all of the, um, the, 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 the production sketches for season for the season two that never happened. And we've incorporated oh, wow. a lot of it into the games so we have, uh, you know, uh, characters and monsters and things that were going to be series two enemies that were going to be toys. And we br- brought to life a lot of the stuff that would have happened in 92. That's amazing. Well, That's we, really uh, and, and again, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but Sam and I had a bit of a revelation in the last couple of weeks where, and Andy, I, this might mean something to you as well, but we discovered that... Um, uh, the leading artist on Sonic the comic, grow, uh, who was a big, big hero of ours growing up, um, Richard Elson. Uh, we found out, I was just chatting to him about this, and it, it, it came out that he'd been drawing a UK Toxic Crusaders comic before starting on Sonic the comic in 1992. And clearly, whatever deal killed Toxic Crusaders, it all kind of came around this time where... Oh, yeah, it got go. it, the it got cancelled. The um, the the comic got uh, got cancelled like just when it was kind of starting. So not only did a lot of Rich's artwork not make it to print, uh, a lot of the original artwork just got destroyed by the publishers. It just kind of got chucked in the bin. It's astounding, it's, isn't it? Like like you say, John, like such an alternate history that we uh, didn't get. Is it a brighter or a darker timeline? I know the one we live in. It must be a brighter one where um, <laughs> where this was a completely like a larger franchise and i think if you look at um before episodes of toxic avenger uh, toxic crusaders rather play um there's a little lloyd kaufman video where he talks about syndication it would have made uncle it's lloyd an awful DVD. lot of money yeah uh yeah from those dvds where he talks about yeah this would have made me an awful lot of money if this had happened but because of some some wicked men that that took this from me can you um, say devil worshipping media conglomerates kid <laughs> And soon there'll be no independent companies left. Um, yeah, phenomenally interesting. I think getting ready for this episode, I've got a far deeper appreciation for what they were doing and what they might have been. Um, hopefully, this and whatever the remake is when we get it, and maybe it's the maybe it's a a renaissance of the toxic. Avengers slash Crusaders. I certainly hope so. That would be nice. Um, I realise it's not very good for an audio podcast, me holding up a, a, a comic to my camera, but I've I've done some scans and I'll uh, make sure you guys can share them. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That'd be yeah. If, you, if you're watching the, the YouTube that. version of this, you could have, uh, you could yeah. pause and look back at that, but we'll we'll link them up. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. Okay. Um. So thanks, John. Thanks, Sam. Where can our listeners keep up to speed? Uh, with you guys online on socials so for me you can find me on on, on twitter at freak zone games that's f-r-e-a-k-z-o-n-e freak zone and that's where you can play my other games like spark and stuff um toxic crusaders is under uh retroware who we're, we're doing this game for 
and you can find them at uh, just Google RetroWare, and you can see uh, all the beautiful things they're working on. And I'm on a bunch of other things. I've got a YouTube channel where I very occasionally put let's well le not let's plays, but let's studies of games and things like that. And again, oh, it's just yeah. either on everything. I'm either Freak Zone Games or Sam FZ Games. Come find and, me. Uh, and for me, I'm I'm also on, I'm also on Twitter. You can get me at John Locke Comics. That's J O N L O C K comics uh uh you can check out my personal website which is johnlock.com that's got links to all the projects i've been working on my comics um uh, obviously the very cool video game stuff which i've been very lucky to be in part of be a part of lately and uh and yeah or you can go to bigpunchstudios.com which is my company and uh that's where everything i do and and the wonderful people i work with uh, our board games our rpgs our podcasts are we everything's there everything's there <laughs> you can't miss us basically you can find everything there amazing we'll put all those links in the show notes obviously we'll put yeah. all the links to toxic crusaders as well freaksogames.com um, i forgot about websites <laughs> <laughs> the websites as well um, it's got all yeah, the we'll, social links on there i'm sure we'll share stuff with the game like leading up to the release and when it's out as well so that our listeners can be reminded of when it's available Wonderful. Okay, so thanks to everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons, including um, John Crinan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, uh, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Nick Spill, Troy Birch, Pazuzu, and Rosalind Harnias. Thanks to uh, Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Um, and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And next week we are tackling Moontrap with, with John's podcasting guest, right? partner, right? Yes. So PJ's joining us from. I mean, we we haven't talked about it. If you're a podcast listener and you like a bit of comics, you couldn't go far. You couldn't go far wrong with listening to John's other podcast, the JLA Cast, where he and PJ, who will be joining us next week to talk Moontrap, talk about. Face, anyone anyone in the nose opinion the greatest era of um dc comics that ever was yeah no no uh caveated like if you like comics from one very specific period in time this is the niche podcast for you but uh yeah you you've heard from the face and now next episode the talent behind the podcast will be coming on pj yeah he'll, he'll be good he's 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 a good one that that pj um, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't deliberate that you joined us back to back, John. I think PJ was going to join us around a, a month ago for Moontrap, but then he selfishly had a baby earlier than scheduled. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, no, I, I, no one could be more outraged than me. Like, it's really broke up, uh, broke up a beautiful thing we had going. I don't see the appeal. This whole parenting thing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hold you guys up by like a whole half hour or nothing. We're all, all good. good. We totally understand. But yeah, join us for that next week, everybody. But for now, yeah. um, you know, be careful. Do don't do mean pranks at a uh, at a gym because you never know yeah. what might come back to bite you in the ass or burn you in the ass about it. Um, Especially if you're in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, and don't wear Recycle. a tutu because that's it's that sissy stuff. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Hashtag sissy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sissy stuff. Ha 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 ha!
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.